Welcome to another week of TCP. It's episode 219. Things are firing up, finally. I mean, I think they fired up plenty well last week as well. We're getting a lot more Watch 2 stuff. Um, more news coming on through. Learning a lot about the game, about where it's headed. Uh, the developers have done a live stream. They are, for now, you know, being very active and being extremely uh, beholden to to the statements that they made previously about wanting to be more communicative and my goodness, they're doing that. It feels good. I can't actually, I can't wait till, you know, we get another stream. Maybe a little bit more information could be revealed that, you know, when they're ready. But uh, guys, things are starting to move along now, like actually. Yeah, it's starting to feel real. It's starting to, like you said, they're they're actually sticking to their word. They're talking more. Love that. Could be some improvements made, but, you know, I'll take what I can get at this point. Yeah, I mean... The thing is, like, the act of talking to us is great. The content of it is was easily inferable uh, for the most part, or was already out there, I guess. Uh, with what that means, I don't know what that could possibly mean. <laughs> what in the world could you be referring to, good sir? Of course, like, I published an article, um, and Sorry, some, some of the published uh, uh, of the information was referenced also in the, in the. Oh, not referenced. It's their game. What am I saying? <laughs> um, but the, yeah, no, the, like I think the, the general act of talking to us, and that's why uh, like I'm hesitant to be overly critical here, um, is great. I think there was nothing in there that really surprised me beyond that. Um, I think the, the criticism that was generating a community around the, let's say, rhetorical performance um is probably not unjustified but then again like you're not born a public speaker as a game developer so i'm very willing to uh to follow people along on their progress there um i i once gave a wedding speech at my sister's wedding and that was still traumatic man i'm cringing right now thinking back to it have i heard that i've heard that haven't i uh, i think i think i've heard that Feel free to do a rendition now if you want. It was it was oh, in German. Not. We'll get the translators to work on that if you do it right now. You, you you probably heard the story, but like yeah. yeah, I I don't know. Like if you heard crickets in a big ballroom, then you probably have heard my uh -huh. speech. Um. So I've yeah, you, no. I've heard you call and talk to too good while trying to run, and Oof. the story that ensues with that. that that's what, what was that in the background? Was that a sound of a tank moving by? Is that Doomfist? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not sure what sound it is, but um, yeah, that happened actually. I, I remember um, I, w I did like an interview, just elevator explanation. I used to do jogging for blogging. You, you know, I was an esports blogger, and like when people like gave me upvotes on my blog, I would for every upvote would run, and that then became a meme because people, of course, are sick, like. Um, not sarcastic. Um, uh, sadistic, and wanted me to just like suffer. So it became a meme, and then like too good. If you guys remember from like the Too Good Studio, Johnny talked about it. Like he worked for him once in a while, but or once before. Anyway, like long story short, I was running during an interview while I was on live being interviewed on ESL, and Too Good's just like begging me please stop running like the the, the 
<laughs> the wind is so bad. And then I, like, I was in the middle of a field. There was legitimately no way for me to hide the microphone. So I dug myself into the field, dug a little hole into the soil, and just digged myself in in order to protect uh, the microphone, like, laying f uh, flat-chested on the ground trying to conduct this interview. And that was about as good as the <laughs> watch dev stream that we got. No, I'm, I'm memeing. Um, wow. But yeah, I I don't have a a particular problem with what we got. I I suppose that's as much. I, I'm not sure what anyone is surprised by that. That was the the bang right. on middle thing that we should have um, expected from that live stream. I think. So um, before we head into live stream, the actual discussion about the live stream, which is when I guess the podcast officially starts. Uh, one one thing that we got to clear up this week is obviously. Between now and the last episode, and actually before the development live stream went live, there was a giant leak that actually happened. Like this humongous leak completely caught everyone off guard. Um, and it kind of got, got went super viral, went everywhere. And um, I think there was a little freaking out as well. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the fact that XQC showed the menu of <laughs> Overwatch 2. And yes. Uh, and then he promptly, then he promptly like exited quickly, and then he was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go to jail and stuff." He was yeah. like pretty serious, but and it was pretty funny. If you actually watch it from his POV, if you actually watch it from his stream, it is pretty funny. But it's just like, oh man, of course it's XQC, of course it's this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't take long, did it? It's it's nuts. Like, God bless him. He is a man on and for content. Um, but yeah, that's that's just. Yeah, of course it'd be. It'd be him. Yeah, of course it would be. So bless you, XQC. Good comedy for the week. Uh, we got what we asked for. We yeah. got Overwatch two leaks. We finally saw it. We finally saw it. We saw it in on his launcher mm -hmm. menu, so we know what it looks like on the menu now. Spoiler, yep. it's the same. And uh, we saw uh, the <laughs> not even the actual menu of the game. I don't think because it was just a loading no, screen, but it didn't even have the Overwatch two logo on it. Literally so we nothing. just saw this blank loading screen, nothing on it. And then he properly exited as fast as he could, but. We know one person's in the beta. We know not the beta alpha. We know one one person plus all the Overwatch developers and and the Overwatch League players are in this alpha. That's all we know. All I right. mean, do we know McGravy's in the alpha? <laughs> I would have to. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's right. There was oh so there's another really huge leak by the way that actually so before the developer update uh, stream actually happened, another huge. I, I don't I don't think we covered this last week, so it must have happened in between. But there was another gigantic leak where um, details about the heroes in Overwatch 2 was actually leaked and everyone went crazy. Yep. And um, in particular, Doomfist was leaked to be a tank because you see in this Facebook screenshot mm -hmm. on, the, on the Overwatch League Facebook page of Doom being in the tank position. It was like, <gasps> yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. They, went, they went through with it. Oh, no. But, what does that um, mean? I don't know. We'll figure, we'll find out later. How does that happen, yeah. by the way? I don't know. <laughs> is is this a, just some intern at Blizzard just like going, look, I'm in, in a game with McGravy and like copy paste it onto the Facebook page? Like, how does it ever? Is that strategical? It's like like coincidental. What is going on there? How does that happen? I I genuinely, it's hard to explain. I don't know. I actually don't know either. It sounds what's what's more likely, like an in, yes, what? agreed. 
like people people like flipped out about it i think there was like equal parts people who believed it and like equal parts people who are like oh this is obviously like photoshopped and like of course they this couldn't be real and uh, i mean i guess we will never know but like it's it's just like nuts like what's more likely that like some goofy ass intern copied and pasted a screenshot on accident or maybe on purpose or like this is some sort of like nine head like big brain you know get out before the leakers get keep the hype going you know pr thing i don't know why facebook bro you want to keep this shit a secret (laughs) (laughs) it's odd it is very strange so really yeah there's a screenshot somehow ended up on myspace and it just quickly (laughs) taken down like instantly i put doom in my top Uh, five just saying (laughs) Everyone like shit on the UI. Everyone's like, "Oh, this is so ugly." I'm like, "Is it?" I just don't. What's bad about it? It's not that bad. Like, it's fine. It's not even. It, they could. Works. They could just. It could just be placeholders. Like, we don't even. Yeah. No one knows. You know. How are you this getting upset exactly about the UI? This is my exactly my problem. I'm, again, broken record time from Avril, but it's like I've said this time and time again. If you show the public anything, if you re- announce and release anything to the public that they can chew on, they will not. They will not, in their brains, calculate and, you know, correctly judge that it is an alpha or a beta or some sort of pre-release, early access, kind of whatever. In their mind, it's the final fucking product. Yeah, People are, like, upset about the UI. Oh, it's so ugly. This is so bad. It's like, bro, if this is a real leak, it's from the fucking alpha. Why are you upset? What's, what's, how is this an issue? Like, they could just be placeholder icons or assets or whatever and things could change just like people get unreasonably upset about it and now now you know why no one shows you shit now you know why people the the developers do not show you or tell you anything because the public can't be trusted to use their two brain cells properly to understand that it's not the final product it's not the final product but they don't get it and no matter how many times they're reminded they still don't get it so you know the people, and I guess we, we can talk about it word. in more detail. We, as, when we get into more detail uh, about it, when we talk about the actual dev stream and go through the info, but people were like super upset that they didn't get any new information or not enough of new information. They're like, why didn't we get any gameplay footage? How come they didn't show us any of this Doomfish tank? How come blah, 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 blah. It's like, because if they show it to you, you will think it's final product. You will think this is yeah. literally Overwatch 2 live gameplay this is released. It's going to come out fucking tonight. No, it's alpha. Yeah. But the, the word alpha just doesn't register in people's brains. That's why you don't get more information because you don't understand what an alpha means. Yeah. And I think like almost it's, it's not even to a degree like everyone else in gaming is to blame. Because if you think about it, like we have power creeped the, the terminology of alpha and beta, right? Like usually it used to be like, the beta is like the thing that like where you're still trying to figure out systems and like then you're trying to figure out balance and whatnot and then the final product comes out and that's the actual thing you can get mad about if it's not ad- accurate. Now everyone yep. released them games early access and basically made their first release that like the beta that now is under public scrutiny because everyone is trying to like skip a phase. And therefore, like, the alpha, logically, is in a different state. And a very, like, old-school developer like uh, Blizzard would just, like, adhere to these 
uh, terms, right? While everyone else on Steam or whatever, yes. like, doesn't. So now the expectations are set up differently. We need, like, a new word. Like, yeah, just, just keep going in the Greek alphabet. Like, just go the other way. Like, just make it the omega phase, you know? Yes. We're, we're in the gamma phase now, pet fellas. We're in the kappa phase. It's all kappa because it's not actually real. Yeah. You like, know? it's... it's. We've got to creep it the other direction, right? Once again, <laughs> dude, like, people really need to realize that a lot of these battles are won or lost on language. Because they manage expectations. And if you have nobody managing the language, like, you're rolling the dice. And that shouldn't be the case. It's, it's a problem. Like, you got to anticipate, like... And I think to a decent degree they did. Hence why, um, like, the, the alpha is run in the way that it is. Because, like, the expectations are there that exactly what uh, Avril was saying would happen in terms of, like, you know, the negativity attached to it and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, like... It's very hard to communicate this clearly, uh-huh. the expectations. But maybe you should also just do that before it releases and really like establish like what we're going to see, what your updates uh, frame would be like. The thing is, then you would have to commit to that schedule, and it's not maybe it's not something they'd like to do. It, it is certainly tough, but yeah, I think the problem is that. Um, that we had very little communication over the last couple of years, if we're being honest. Mm. People people are, yeah, they're thirsty for info. I get it. They're very thirsty for info. That's why they're scouring this Facebook screenshot leak, like scanning over every single pixel for detail. Yeah. Yes. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they did the same thing for the XQC thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like, you know, so if we had to believe this Facebook screenshot leak is real, let's assume it's real, then... You know, one of the things is the Lucio uh, 3D model that you saw wasn't the Overwatch 2 version. It's the Overwatch 1 version with the San Francisco shock skin, right? Yes. And so, you know, if that's what was... Let's let's say, for example, that uh, they want to show the new... They want to show that... They, they would like to show the new Doomfist tank gameplay footage, but maybe there's assets missing or some animations aren't quite right yet or... You know, I don't know, even visually, like maybe some effects aren't right. Maybe, you know, whatever, if he's got new abilities or whatever, it, they just don't look right yet, or, you know. Um, or it could be visual thing. Obviously, Lucio's got a new look. Ryan's got a new look. What if Doomfist has got a new look? We don't know. And if it, and if it does, but it's not shown in the game plan, it just looks the same as Overwatch 1, then people won't complain about it. Um, so there's just these, all these things where because it's an alpha and alphas are meant to be, they're meant to be unfinished products work in progress uh they got there's it's gonna have things missing so i wouldn't be surprised if there's art assets that are missing if there's icons and other things sure. that are placeholders there's a bunch of things that are definitely missing um and you can just never show that to the wider public because they will judge that they will judge you and uh, i think the biggest lesson that i learned and, and made me really feel bad for developers is the whole cd project red situation with cyberpunk and now granted they did make a lot of mistakes and they they definitely, you know, ran out of time and there was the host of issues, justifiably people were angry about the issues on launch. But then what people did was they they took apart that original 48-minute gameplay reveal at E3 and they did the side-by-side comparisons. So like, oh, look what we got in the uh, the gameplay reveal and uh, look at what actually happened uh, in, in the live game. And the whole time, you, you if you watch the 48-minute gameplay reveal, it says, as a watermark on the top of the screen, quite clearly, to be honest with you, 
work in progress does not represent the final look of the game. Not that anyone gave a fuck about that, though. Uh, no. I think in They're future... Just, well, here's my itself. note for if any dev is listening. In future, for any, any developer releasing incomplete footage or footage of gameplay that is not final, here's what you got to do from now on. That work in progress does not represent final look of the game. Comment. Don't put that as a watermark. Do it as giant comic sans. I don't give a fuck. Just littering over the middle of your screen. Make it make it obstructive. Make it actually uncomfortable to look at. Just to fucking send that point home to people. Right? Make it unbelievably in the way of of the footage itself. Just to fuck people off because they they need to they need to have the shit drilled into their brains. So they understand it's not the final product because they, for some reason, they just willfully ignore the fact that it's it's pre-release footage. True. Sure. That's what you got to do. Treat and you know what? Treat gamers like the idiots because I think ninety nine percent of them are. That's the truth. So guilty as charged, sir. Um, or that, or the the actual strategy that devs take now is they just don't tell you anything. They keep everything as close to chest as possible, and then you know when you know. Uh, which is the safe way of doing it from a PR perspective. Instead of being like passive aggressive, like I just suggested, even though I like, you know, the justice boner I'm having from that is like quite large at the moment. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun, but you know, the, I think the, the correct PR thing to do would just be to do what most developers do nowadays, which is keep their lips shut, say absolutely nothing. Cause yeah. you know, you're not ready to share yet. Don't bother. Don't bother making promises. You can't keep blah, 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 blah. We all know mm. about it. So cool. So that, that obviously happened. And now we're gonna, you know, get on with the real episode and talk about the dev stream and go through uh, actually announced things and real comments made by real developers working on a real game. Episode two hundred nineteen brought to you by Battlecry, Refine Beam, Bronzebot Buha, Chare, Commissioner Picasso, Chris R three four 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 four, Cash sixty seven, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rick Sane, Sir Gertholot, Valamel Smooth Nuts, and your misery. So we got a Overwatch 2 live stream on Twitch that happened. Uh, actually, when did it happen? Let me get the exact date. Friday, March 18th, for about an hour, where you had, right behind me, if you, if you didn't know, this is what it looks like, so I'll just move out of the way. You can't see because my chair's blocking it. It doesn't matter. So we hosted it. It had John Specks, Aaron Keller, and um, Jeff Goodman. So a host of people from both the development team and obviously John Spector, who's now leading the uh, commercial team as well to talk about some impressions and goals of the first close battle. So specifically the wording is join Zoe, Aaron and other members of the Overwatch dev team. I skipped the surnames there. March 18th of these talk about early Overwatch 2 alpha impressions and goals for the first close battle. So I don't know what people's impressions of when they were going into this, but there was at no point, at no point did they say they were going to announce new information. So I think there was a there was quite a large number of people in the community that were coming into this stream expecting they were going to get some big drops yeah. in terms of like, oh my god, they're announcing something new or they're going to show us something new. And part of me can understand that as well because it's like, well, usually when they have a developer update or they have something, you know, Jeff comes on or now it's Aaron that comes on, he says some stuff, usually... They're announcing something, or they're they're telling something new. Yeah. Whereas this time they didn't say anything new for the most part. A couple of caveats in there, um, and they're just talking about stuff that was mostly known in terms of information, but just kind of reacting and discussing and 
um kind of uh just yeah explaining those things that people already knew about the Overwatch 2 alpha and, and their thoughts generally speaking so that was most of it i mean you guys i assumed you watched did you get much out of that before we hit before we dissect the specific rundown of it were there any like initial impressions from any of you about what you got out of that stream generally speaking not particularly obviously like some of the big announcements were cool glad that you know we have that um some confirmations of things that you know we were either speculating on or had you know rumors circulating about um past that i think it was like good practice like i think in general um i think across the board for most titles i'd I'd like to see blizzard a little bit more active talking about you know what's happening maybe giving you know commentary on how the process is going some of the difficulties i think it does a good deal of morale boosting or it keeps people talking it keeps people engaged with like being excited about things when devs are are public and they're a little bit more front-facing um and that's what this felt like it felt like you know Uh they said they were going to be more communicative they are could it be a little bit better could it be refined down a little bit sure 100 percent. but this is like i'm not gonna like you know give them shit for doing exactly what they said like could it be a little bit better yeah of course but like of course like hearing more from them is better than not hearing anything at all yeah jessica go on i I feel like yeah it's um it's it's hard to say okay let's think about who this is for right it's not for the hardcore people that are clued in let's be honest right a lot of it was already like it was sort of like the Doomfist tank situation, where we basically knew that was happening based on uh, what Jeff Goodman already said previously. It just wasn't hard confirmed. The same is true for the live service stuff. Like mm-hmm. all of that was not technically like super official, but it was like ninety five percent going to happen. So like <clears throat> it for for people that would rather like casually follow this game. I don't think it was a bad one. Like I'd I'd love to know what the average Overwatch player or like people that would consider playing Overwatch 2 um what they thought about this. Because that's what who this is for. It's not for the guys that are already in tune and like can vary. Can I interject really quickly? Can I just comment on that really quickly? Sure. I think you're right, but I also think the person you're describing probably didn't watch the stream. Yeah, honestly. Because they're, because they're too casual to watch stream. Yes. They're too casual to even have known about the stream and watch it. They're like, it's an hour-long stream. I, I'm not going to watch this. This is not... They don't even time. know... No, no, no. They, they didn't even know about the existence of it. That it's too? Not, they did, it's not they, even like, oh, it's an hour long. It's like, they didn't even know what happened. It happened, and they didn't even know what happened. I don't That's disagree. But it still is like a thing that every new, like news website will pick up. Just because, like, it's novel content, and like it, you can definitely frame it in your headline as as if it is new uh, information, and therefore, like, get a click out of it. And then even people who for whom it was new information are also getting a payoff there. So I think it still was received, maybe not just like through first order sources, but like by proxy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. I think it was probably more the first and less the latter. I think the latter is probably a little bit more valuable too, right? Like, I don't think, like, these headlines or, like, these, like, summary posts for this dev update 
were shared through like friend circles like oh i know this friend's super excited about overwatch 2 let me send them this summary of this dev up dev update that really didn't have much of anything compared to a report about like what's actually happening in the alpha right, right. like which of those two things do you think like unbiased do you think that were, were shared in back channels a little bit more details about heroes or jeff goodman talking about how tracers in the back line right yeah, yeah. i don't know not to say that it's bad right i'm not i'm not you know saying that this was a bad idea don't ever do this again but let's call it what it is it was for some casual fans who want to be, you know, talk to. They want to hear. Mm. They want to see what, you know, maybe that maybe there is going to be something. Maybe they're, they're going to announce something. Maybe they're going to show some PVE stuff. I don't know. I'm going to tune in. That that's super exciting for them. That's awesome. Cool so, for them, but it's not for me. So like two things then. Either they need to, either they need to actually commit to like every time they do a dev stream, they commit mm-hmm. to just I don't know. Pleasing the fans a little bit, doing a bit of fan service and showing them a 30 second clip or like, I don't know, dropping a little bit of new info. Like, for example, um, there's a hero rework and they drop one new ability per live stream. Sure. I, don't know. I think <laughs> it would go a long way. Like that, something. It's, it'll be a little bit painful, but it's just, I'm, I'm memeing a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a little bit bad faith about No, but it, it would be funny. But I mean, so, 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 you know, maybe more likely is they show maybe like a 10 to 15 second or 30 second clip or something, uh, or they just commit to doing these live streams and they say at the start of the live stream, or they make it very clear in the description of the stream and also during the stream, especially at the start that like, Hey, we're just here to talk about how things are going. Yeah. We're not here to reveal or share new information. And, and just it be felt very like clear on that. John Spector, at least towards the end of it, if memory serves, he kind of like almost skirts around that idea as much where he's like, you know, we know that talking about the ping system is a little bit like hard to do without showing you. Right. And it felt like what he was meaning, like to read between the lines, it felt like, yes, we want to show you and we will just not write. It's, it's, it's probably just, not yeah. ready. Yeah. It, it, of course. Probably, it's probably very basic. Like I guarantee, I, 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 in my opinion, concerning what I think an alpha is, like my interpretation of what an alpha is, Mm-hmm. Is that there's a number of things that are not going to be polished, especially if it's art assets. Like I think art is generally the last thing that gets done. Like anything visual, um, effects, artwork, icons, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, that doesn't get. That's like usually kind of like a polish step, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so something like a ping, which is a visual system, wouldn't surprise me if it's really rudimentary right now, where yep. you ping somewhere and it's just like a basic thing comes up. It's probably not pretty. It's probably not what they want it to look like on release day or even day to day. So everyone's like, "Oh, why don't they show off the ping?" Because if, if they show again, because they show it off, if they show it off now, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, it's so ugly!" Oh my god, it's worse than Apex. Blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah blah. It's like, shut up. Yeah. This is why we- they can't show it to you because you're gonna complain about it. Yeah. We got a date. That's good enough you know in the future hopefully it's a little bit yeah i think i think we'd all probably be agree if it was a little bit shorter that'd probably help and if they came with a little bit more like tangible things that the casual fans can like latch on to joe can, uh, can i say part of the reason why it might have felt long and dragged on is because it wasn't concise in what they were discussing that's and, fair, I yeah. wanna, and i don't want to and i don't want to like i don't want to like attack any of the developers for their speaking ability because that's not their job for the most yeah. part you know, they're not meant to be... I don't know what happened, but I, I don't know if Jeff popularized this. Jeff Kaplan kind of popularized this, but 
he is a he is a very special type yes. of developer that was also super charismatic. Not to say that they're all uncharismatic, but he is he is particularly charismatic, even like way more so than the average person. To be clear, very good on camera and a very good speaker. Like, and you can tell he's a good speaker because he can go on stage for BlizzCon on the mythic stage and just fucking speak like it doesn't. You know, yes. He, he, he looks he looks and sounds like a professional. Like I think I'd be more nervous, and I'd find it more difficult as a as a professional speaker myself. I would find it difficult to be on that stage doing what he did, and he just, he sure. made it look easy. He made it look so easy. He just you know he's cracking jokes, and he's he made the whole like um, Sylvanas tearing the helmet kind of thing. You know, he he was great. He was so fantastic as a public speaker and a personality and a charismatic person. That's a rare thing to have, not just in developers, of any human being. Yeah. So I don't think it's fair. You you certainly cannot hold anybody else to his standard because he's set the bar so damn high. Um, and I don't know if it's a common thing now for developers to kind of have a figurehead that is going to tell you all this kind of stuff and yeah. be, this, be, the, be the voice of the team, etc. Um, and, and for the Overwatch team, for better or worse, if Jeff leaves, which he's done, and you are the new game director, which Aaron is. Unfortunately, for better for, or worse, you have to now step into his shoes and do that job as well, because that's what the that is what the fan base expects, for better or worse. Um, and Aaron's not as good of a public speaker as Jeff, but probably no one in the team is, because again, Jeff is outstanding and way above average for a human being as level mm-hmm. to do that. Um, like this guy's done some fucking Toastmaster shit, I swear to God. Jeff was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, I also don't think it's the job of a developer to be that good That's the point. at publicly presenting themselves. It's yeah. not their job. Like, what the fuck? They're, they're the meant po- to make games. It's like, I think, like, if once you become, like, the head of a development of a, um, of a game, you're now opening up the world of optics, right? Like if you're the helm of a studio or in any public facing like position, you're now learning the game of optics, but it's a really hard one to to juggle, right? Like, and sort of managing optics is a skill in itself. And okay, this this will sound I'm I mean this truly, right? Mm-hmm. Like I recognize that Aaron already has made improvements. And he's he's playing that game. He's very clearly like getting better at caring about optics, but it can't be per- perfect. Like, okay, this, uh, this is going to be sound awful because like we're, but no, actually, you know what? You like absolute like content consuming gremlins. You care about this shit. Like this man had to like like get like a you know freshen up a little bit. Definitely, like if, if you compare picture pictures of him like, three or four or five years ago to now. Like, he very clearly now cares more, like, what he looks like, what kind of an imagery he gives off. He's, like, a way fresher, um, like, dress. He, like, that's what you... That's the game you now pl- uh, uh, have to play when beforehand you were just the doer person that has to get shit done while the mm. guy ahead of you has to take care of the optics. Now... You're you have to also care about this <clears throat> game, and like he's very obviously making improvements there, and it's yeah. very obviously like stupid to uh like you do, the alternative is to have a PR guy in that position that knows nothing about game development, promises yeah. you the world, and under delivers to a ridiculous degree. That's that's the alternative that we have. 
And it's the same, dude, like, if I go to a doctor and he's an asshole, but he cures my shit, what do I care what he's like rhetorically? Right? Just say it. Just just say what you want to say. Aaron Keller is drippy and he's goaded with the sauce. Okay? Look, I know that's what you're trying to say. You know, he's got the fucking Yeezy bag. He's got the Gucci belt. You know, he's fucking hip with the kids. Right. He's but, he's got a TikTok. He's he, like and subscribe. He's he's Start. getting there. And also, let's let's be perfectly honest. He's the guy giving me live service games. He's the guy that like under whose yeah. leadership like we're we're getting some traction going. Of course, like yes, all of that was p- put in place by Jeff, and like he's now repping the benefit. I don't care. Like these these decisions that are coming down the pipe feel way less idealistically like driven to a degree that just doesn't hold up anymore, which gives us a fighting chance in today's gaming market. That's what I care about. And if that guy is, like, more willing to make these concessions and, like, be a little bit more, like, competitive and be willing into, like, tapping into that multi-pathology trap, be my guest, dude. Like, that's that's already... Like, in terms of, like, competence and what he's giving me, I, I can only say, like, I'm, it's approving right now. I'm getting shit from you. I Like, the ratio of new shit I'm getting from you in comparison to the shit I'm getting from Jeff is already higher. Yeah, L plus ratio, Jeff. So, my my greater point, I think, would be to, to say that, uh, yeah, the, the stream felt long and kind of rambly because they weren't super concise with how they were uh how they were like discussing the information how they were basically you know putting it out there to the audience mm. so there yeah there was, there was definitely rambling like you know you Aaron Keller steps in and you know he's not great at just getting to the point like what is what is the point you're trying to make and just say it you know yeah. spit it out what are you actually trying to say he's saying a lot of words you know it sounds like english it sounds like he's forming sentences, but it's, I don't really understand what he's saying. You know, what what are you? What is the real message here? Uh, I think there were some comments made from you know people in the scene that were like, maybe they could have just done a pre-recording as well. I actually asked. I was like, I remember asking um, some people within uh, before it came out. I was like, is this going to be a pre-recorded or is it going to be like live, live? And this was going to be live, live. I'm like, oh, that could be really interesting because my expectation was that it was going to be pre-recorded because yeah, right, that yeah. would be better, right? Because a couple of reasons. One, you can do it at whatever time you want in terms of mm-hmm. the recording time. Uh, two, you can fix any mistakes, which is probably better for PR. And three, I don't know, maybe it would be a little bit fake feeling, but it could be rehearsed a bit more. And rehearsed being that you already know what the questions are going to be. You already know what you how you're going to answer those questions. And mm-hmm. so you're just going to do it. And for, for people that don't like... To give you an example, of what that kind of looks like, if you look at the actual developer updates, especially the ones you know that have come out, uh, the one that just came out recently with Aaron's talking about them doing, you know, oh, we're sorry for the lack of communication, and oh yeah, beta's coming in April, blah blah blah. When he's in that announcement, that's a very highly edited, scripted, rehearsed product. Yes, that's why he speaks on that, and it's all just boom, everything comes out clearly because he's reading off a script, and every time you'll notice it, every time they zoom in, like ban. And they come back out. Those are all cuts. Those are all different cuts from, you know, he'll say something, he'll say something, he'll say something, and then maybe he'll maybe he'll fuck up a word, and then he'll do it again, and then they'll they'll, they'll just do it in cuts. And then yep. the end product looks like a fully polished thing where he doesn't make any speaking errors and he just says yep. the whole thing from start to finish fine. Um, it doesn't need to be to that level of, you know, rehearsal or to that level of 
polished because it does come off like a highly edited video. But like, it, it's probably as simple as I mean, if they want to just do it live again, like properly live again, which I don't mind. I think that's a great thing to do from a uh, context of being being engaging with the audience. Not that they're reading chat or responding to chat, but because it feels like oh, the developers are really there in front of me right now, committing their time, which they are because it is live. Uh, they should you have would, done you that would, more, I think. Like they should have what more? Like if you're here's here's the thing. Like that's the thing I, I was going to say is like, if you are doing this live, you gotta signal that this is live and get the authenticity points of that. They mentioned like I already see a couple of people saying it in chat here, right? Like once right. instead of like picking like having someone pick like a very salient question that actually relates to the topic on the fly, and therefore having an um like a genuine back I don't and know if forth. You can do that. The thing, yes, but okay. There's there's two things that you can do. As you said, like you can pre-record it and therefore have a more polished product, but you lack the authenticity. Or you can have the authenticity and therefore lack a, a polished product. Right. The problem is they sort of did like well, you like, can't have both. <laughs> theoretically <laughs> anyway. speaking, yeah. I, I mean, there's a probability uh, situation there, but like. It feels like they could have just, like, if they wanted to do it live, they should have just, like, gotten those brownie points for being authentic more and just, like, should have engaged more. Because, like, for the longest time, like, when I started watching the stream and we were on Discord, we were all like, oh, this is pre-recorded, right? And then even when they said, like, oh, yeah, we're watching this chat and, like, everyone's like, bullshit, come on, this is pre-recorded. And it's like, and then eventually, like, when a couple of, like, you know, stumblings happened in the phrasing, we were like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe this is not pre-recorded. And, like, I think they should have leaned into it more. Um, right. Just to get, like, well, you know, just the worst sides from both things. I don't know if you saw, but the chat was flying by. It was on slow mode and flying by. That's how you know, like, you know, sometimes people are like, man, there's like 50,000 people here, but everyone, no one's chatting, it's just botted. Uh, and then you see this, which was, I can't remember how many people, it was like 30 to 50 or whatever it was, and chat was... You could not read chat. It was unreadable. Yep. It was crazy. just spam. Um, but my point is, it's like, I don't even know how you would engage with that. It's just, it, when a chat's that crazy and it's already slow mm-hmm. mode, I don't know how you would engage. It felt like all 30,000 people were typing at the same time. Um, but I think the, the, the real solution is that you, you are rehearsed and that you know exactly what questions are coming and you know exactly how you want to answer those questions so that you are not having to think on the fly, trying to answer the question live and just getting lost. Right, unless you're like an extremely good speaker who just knows their shit, uh, and you can navigate through that kind of live situation in 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 a real live interview, you know. Um, so I don't know, but uh, I still, I don't know. I went into the into, I went into the live stream with different expectations. I did not expect that they were going to leak, not leak, but they were going to announce a bunch of new stuff. I knew it was just going to be a discussion, and I was there because I was interested in. What that discussion was going to be. Oh, by the way, I just realized you guys had a had a whole watch party for this that I wasn't invited to. Shame on you. Oh, we just um, met up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude, I was I was watching it live too, but I did it alone, all on my lonesome, crying with my tub of ice cream. Um, <laughs> sounds like a nice evening. Who broke up? It was with a morning you? for me, actually. It was right. a morning, actually. Uh, my my left brain and my right brain are constantly fighting, so they're constantly making up and breaking up. Is what's going on. Mm. That's how my brain works. <laughs> So, an hour in, we're finally going to discuss some more content. We've discussed some contents, not really, but yes and no. Uh, what would be the first thing to kind of bring? This is not going to be chronological, guys. I'm not going to discuss it in terms of chronologically what they mentioned, but just kind of cliff notes of 
the more big stuff. So we finally got the confirmation that Doom is in fact a tank. Yep. Now, Jeff Goodman some time ago said that they were... What was the words that he used? I'm paraphrasing it. He mentioned that they were experimenting with the idea yeah. that Doom was going to be a tank. Uh, but they revealed no information about what that was going to look like, how he was going to function. And I think the justification at the time was they wanted to remove a lot of CC from the game, particularly from DPS and supports, and only allow CC, significant CC, I'll, I'll add, to happen from the tank position, which is why May can still slow on the left click. Anna can still use the sleep dart because it's a very difficult ability to land. It's one of the cooler abilities in the game, and it's not, yep. I don't think it's a very unfair form <laughs> of uh, CC either, so it's like fine. So everything outside of slows is now going to be CC that only is available in the tank position. And, and the conundrum was that Doomfist, his entire kit, with its high mobility and high lethality, also had a lot of CC built in, and that was mm. part of his key identity. So if you were to remove a lot of that from his kit and leave him in DPS, it would be a problem. Because now you have this one sure. DPS that isn't following the rules of Overwatch 2 in terms of having CC either removed or extremely toned down. Mm-hmm. So they had to experiment as a tank. And I actually think that's a good idea because Doom flying on in, we have that archetype in, type in, in Overwatch 1. Winston mm-hmm. and Wrecking Ball both kind of are, are this kind of jumping in kind of tank. Wrecking Ball in particular, I think, is, is closer still to Doom's theoretical design as a tank because you have more of a hit and run kind of style. Doom is as a DPS is known for like he gets in, punches somebody, jumps out, and you can't kill him. And you know, sometimes that can be frustrating. But I think as a tank, if you just remove the one shot, that actually sounds fine. He jumps in, does some stuff, and maybe he tries to run away like a, like a ball would. Uh, and so I think because an archetype kind of exists in the game already. I think it actually makes a lot of sense for Doom to kind of fit into that again. Mm-hmm. High disruption, um, like you said, adding a lot of you know soft CC, whether it be knocking you up or pushing you away. You know, there there are still a loss of control, um, yeah. but, which fits. But obviously, but obviously, we we don't know any of the abilities for Doom, right? Yuska? True. Yeah. No idea. <laughs> we kind of do, right? I guess <laughs> you already know. Supposedly, I mean, if you know, you know. Let's be honest, people. Okay, listen. We all know you saw it. It's out there in the ether. It, did, you can, what do you, you mean? Find did it it if you need to tell you, or did he? Did he? Hey, listen. I got a YouTube video. Know. Look into it. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's out there. Come on, it ga- I gotta, gave it to the people so they can now officially talk about it as if they don't already know. Well, I don't know what you mean. Whatever could you mean? You know the details. What are they? The numbers, Mason. Oh, the numbers? Cut, cut. I want to do the scene again. Cut. I want to do the scene again. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we don't have it. Uh, let's be honest. I'm winning the Oscar. I will win the Oscar. Um, ah, you got there good are awards. There, this there are awards. There are awards coming up. <laughs> right? There are awards coming up after this live stream discussion. All right. all right, go on. Uh, Yuska apparently has the juice on all of Doom's abilities. So what? what is your reaction? Yeah, since you know. About the Doom abilities? Yeah. Well, Doom's confirms a tank, and you apparently right. know what he does. So what's, what's, what's the story here? What's going on? Yeah. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to explain what he does, but like, or maybe if you want to, you can. But like, right. what's, the, what's your reaction? Like, so, where, where are you at? Where's your brain at? So my understanding, based on what I could gather, is that it's basically like Sigma, right? Like, you 
What is basically like Sigma? Sigma has this ability where he just like sucks stuff in and then gets an effect for it. Now, for Sigma, it's passive where he gets shields and whatnot. For Doom, it's the other way around where he gets more aggressive and therefore his rocket punch does more damage, right? Mm. Um, I'm unsure about the ranges of it and whatnot. Um, But generally speaking, like it's still a recognizable hero, much, much less reworked, so to speak, than Orisa was, which is basically a new hero. Um, but it's like, it's a, a hero that is could be fun. I'm sort of interested to see how this goes, but this is true for all tanks and how they play, right? Mm. Like, it's a much, much different role than what it used to be. And I like you have to see it in action, also in sophisticated action. I would I would probably say even like being part of scrims right now won't tell you how this game is played in like two or three months' time, right? Yeah. Um so I or and then therefore like not how it's played in five months in ranked, you know. So um, it's hard to make a comment right now, but it, like every tank feels very much more re- uh, disruptor now than actually, you know, like, Protector. Um, so I think, like, basically think of tanks now as annoying rather than, like, Big Brother. Yeah. Um, and I think in that, Doom f- fits in. I think the design for that type of hero works. It's all in the numbers, man, right? Oh, for sure. Like, once again, and I said this about Sojourn as well, like, you have to design a fun kit. I would argue that's true for Doomfist. But the numbers are the thing that makes it balanced or not, right? Certain sure. abilities will will be very hard to balance, right? Mm-hmm. But um, just based on the design. But the first thing, that like, the threshold of a successful redesign is, is it's fun. Yeah. I was Doom ever not fun to play. It was just more annoying to play against. I think with moving him to tank and eliminating some of that lethality, I think it solves that problem kind of eloquently, right? Right. Like it's not fun to just get slammed into a wall and then just get like assassinated. He felt like a really oddly designed assassin. Right. Like a now, melee Widowmaker. Yeah, kinda, right? Like it, it's it's very rogue-ish without being a rogue in the sense of like World of Warcraft, like this this kind of stealthy assassin right, archetype. Yeah. But it isn't now. It's it's much less lethal, at least from you know the report. And it's more, like you said, it's more of a wrecking ball. It's more of a Winston. You know, you're going in, you're disrupting, you're you're pushing people around, you're trying to set up your team for a play. It it feels more akin to their design or their philosophy as you know what a tank is supposed to be, rather than you know this this DPS character. It, it seems to be like a really nice and weirdly adequate fit. Right. Seems to work. At least, uh, you know, on paper looking from the outside. Right. Um, do we want to... I don't know if we want to discuss more of what he does. I mean, we, I, we... I guess we've kind of assumed that, you know, based on based on the article... Mm. Um, of what he he reads like there was there's only one new ability right there's only one new ability which is the defensive ability yeah. it's kinetic grasp but for doomfist and uh what's that right. he can do he can do comparable damage alive all right i'm canceling my uh my beta sign up i'm done see ya 
I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, I it's I'm, one I'm of those. Cosplaying. I'm just cosplaying uh, to Reddit right now. That's that's how they respond. That's the knee jerkness. Now, some of them, I don't know, like, um, I think, um, I think, I think Battle.net weren't too happy about that. I think they sure. were like, oh, he can still one shot. Uh, um, it does sound like, you know, moving damage away was correct because you do want to remove damage. A yeah. part of the fantasy of Doomfist is like, I'm going to punch a guy into a wall and he's going to instantly die. Yeah. So keeping that alive, I think, is like reasonable as long as it's telegraphed and as long as it seems like, you know, it doesn't come up too often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the best part about it is based on the description of it being like, oh, you need to charge it up. Like people need to shoot at it like a kinetic grasp. Uh, you can just, or like a Zarya bubble, you can just not shoot at it. You can just like not charge yeah. them up. You can so, choose not to. It's, it's all like, on. Yeah. It's like when you play against a Zarya, I don't think anyone feels bad. Like, oh my God, the Zarya's damage is so high. It's like, yeah. well, it's high because I, I fucked up. It's high because yeah, I, I, I charged it. So don't do that. Um, I think that's fair. That sounds like a more fair version of Doomfist. I do wonder how his mobility is because mm-hmm. um, you wrote, Yiska, that uh, they combine his two core movement abilities, not the punch. Uh, into basically one ability. So now, essentially, he's only got two movement abilities and not three. Right. Because it used to be punch, uppercut, and slam. Now it's like I just slam else. and punch. Yeah. And and the ult, sorry. So that's so yeah, it used to be four, and now it's three. Also, um, just really briefly, like we have to have some tools that keep spam in check, right? Like if we're now getting rid of all the. Um, of the shields, like, wh- how do we keep heroes from just spamming mindlessly? You know, like, junk right and whatnot. Like, we, we need punish uh, mechanics, right? Same for Farah, I guess. Um, so, like, to have some counterweight and to have, like, not shooting permanently be the right or correct play needs to have a mechanism within the game, right? So what's the counterplay in your mind? Is it Doom diving at the Junkrat? I mean, load up and like one shot a friend of the Junkrat or whatnot. You know, like... Mm. Yes, you're, you're... It is once again like weird because like you're fucking your team by proxy, which is like part of the Overwatch gameplay experience where you're suffering for your teammates' like nefarious deeds. But that's true everywhere, basically. Team right? games. Team games in a nutshell. So, yeah, Doom sounds interesting. I, I do wonder how his interaction with Ball is. And when I say interaction, obviously you can't play them together because it's 5v5, one tank. But mm-hmm. in terms of what is his priority in the pick order? Yeah. Like, do you pick Winston instead of Doom? Do you pick Wrecking Ball instead of Doom? Because these all heroes that do similar things. And in some ways, do you pick Deeper instead of Doom? Because she, she still flies in. You know, she's not as yep. fast. Doesn't really have the same like in and out hit and run kind of thing. I think D was more of a actually engage and commit, and then when the boost has come up, then you leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but Doom is is at least if I I, I I can only imagine Doom's gameplay based on what I what we know of Overwatch One, um, and also the fact that he doesn't sound like he's been changed too much. He's there's some significant ish changes, but overall, it seems like on paper the. The, the gameplay flow minus the uppercut should be pretty straightforward normal, and, yeah. and same-ish. Um, I'm trying to imagine in Overwatch 1, if you deleted a tank roll now mm-hmm. and you increased Doom's HP and you made him a solo tank, how would that play and how would that interact with 
his pick order in the priority of, of tank selection if you want to be a big dive team. Because you also here's the other thing that's not available anymore. Part of Doom's synergy in Overwatch 1 was twofold. A, and Arissa would set up a halt for a punch. Okay. Or B, Zarya would set you up with a bubble oh. as you go in. So he, he got a lot of support. In some ways, a diva would matrix you as well as you go on in. So stuff like that. Um, and a lot of that support structure for the Doom going in came from other from other tanks, or at least at the mm. time he was DPS, came from tanks, and now he is Very one true. of them, and there's no other tank he can play with. So he's got to kind of, he's got to just do it on his own. And it seems like the only sort of supports he can really get now is maybe an Ana Nana boost you, which also exists in Overwatch 1. But what else can teams really do for you? Maybe uh, maybe a uh, a BAP can do a, you know, long-range Frisbee toss and try yeah. to save you with an Immortality Field. Mm. Um, Very true, yeah. You know, but a frisbee golf action. But I don't, I don't know what else. Maybe I guess a Moira could call you from a long distance. But there's a lot less support structure for Doom to go on in and do his thing and mm-hmm. get out safely. So you have to. The only way it can happen now is you have to assume his HP increase and this new power block ability is enough that he doesn't just like go in and die. Because <laughs> at yeah. least if you in the past, if you go in and die, you you normally would trade because you punch somebody. Right. But now, you know, if you if you don't have the one shot and you go on and die, it's just like, well, you're just feeding. It is it is kind of interesting now that you kind of lay it out like that. Like, he is a lot more susceptible. Mm-hmm. However, like, kind of circling back to what you had mentioned prior is like there is going to be a lot of le- there there is like a ubiquitous removal of CC or at least lessening of CC outside of the and tank. That's the other thing, yeah. So like, does he even need the support? Yes, there's Sombra. She still has a hack. Apparently, you know, Cassidy may still have a flashbang of some kind. Who knows? Um, you know, maybe there's Sleep Dart. Maybe there's, you know, some other things in, in the support role that, like, are still just so entwined with the characters that they kind of become necessary for Doomfist to, mm. as, like, a counter. Like, it, it is going to be, like, one of those weird environment things that we just don't know yet and we have to get thrown in there. The one thing I will say... And something that Yiska has definitely championed for a long time is giving giving characters more playmaking potential, right? That that like the crowd can easily see, right? Everybody loves a DV eat. Everybody loves and like a, is attracted right. to like the Sigma eats. Now we have another hero that can do that, assumedly with Doomfist, and I think that's brilliant. I think like having those big what playmates. What are you saying? A Doomfist eat? What are you, What are you saying? Yeah, like having that kinetic was... grasp esque ability for Doomfist maybe opens him up to be able to eat a graviton surge or eat a pulse bomb or like having those big plays that the community can just latch onto and go, "Oh, that was crazy! You remember when X Y Z player you know ate that that whatever the hell and and it was crazy? Like that's what we need to like make this game like shareable." Right, I, we we talked prior to the show about all these clips that we can think of through other esports. It's hard to view this game, so the more like shareable and like very digestible like candy clips that we can create through like big earth shatters or big diva bombs, like it, it's it's really easy to see that that's a big play. No, because it's like it's not obvious. I mean, it is obvious, but it's like there's more to that, I guess. So I'm explaining it poorly, so, but hopefully you understand. I, I think my takeaway from that is not so much the, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously Diva eating stuff is great, but I think Doom was already fun to watch in Overwatch 1. Maybe just me, but I think a lot of people would agree. agree. In the hands of a great player, like a, like a Sparkle, Doom is so fun to watch. Because uh, when you see his mechanics on display from some of the best players, it's like, wow, just incredible stuff. Uh, their, their mastery of 
Agreed. positioning and understanding of their limits of you know how deep they can go and when they need to bail out and mm-hmm. their understanding and timings of all the rotations of their abilities and just having that down to perfection uh is astounding it's brilliant so moving him into a tank role but still keeping most of his identity alive uh sounds like you know there's a potential for us to get more of that more more footage because the other thing is mm-hmm. Doom is a bit of a throw pick in Overwatch for the most part. Like, yeah, he's annoying to play against and he can be strong, but he's generally regarded as weak because yeah. he can, he's, there's, there's always a lot of CC in Overwatch 1. Second of all, uh, even with the support, he needs a lot of support structure. Uh, mm. If you don't play him with a support structure, he feels like quite vulnerable. He just doesn't have the HP to survive. And Doom is just generally. It's probably a hard... He is a hard hero, actually. He's quite a difficult hero to master. So if you're an average player, you're probably not good enough to be able to actually get in and out correctly, and you probably just run in, punch somebody, get one kill, then die, which is not a great experience for the person you killed or you playing the hero. So that is probably where I where I stand with Doom in Overwatch 1 for the average person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do want to... I do like Doom's kit. Otherwise, I do like Doom's identity otherwise. Because he is this kind of, and even from a law perspective, by the way, he's meant to be this big, imposing, almost Doing final it. boss kind of yeah. uh, kind of character. Where he's the big bad boss of Talon currently, is he not? Based Something on like the that. based on you know all the law that we know, like they all answer him. Uh, is Doomfist not the leader of Talon? It's not Reaper. It's not Moira. I definitely not Sombra. I, I don't think it's I would, Watermaker. I, I'm pretty I sure. I agree Doom. with you. I'm pretty sure it's Doom. I, it's either Doom or Maximilian, but I I think Maximilian is just the money guy. And Doom is the real deal. Anyway, it actually I, I like that he's a tank because it's like, yeah, he's this big imposing potential raid boss kind of character, which is awesome. Yeah. From a from a lore perspective, that's exactly what you want. He you know, this guy looks like the Hulk. Make him into the Hulk. Do it. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, love that. I, that. One one final thing, like you talk about like it's really fun to see good dooms. Like now it's not being wasted. Not not to say that it was wasted in DPS, but there's so many other like high octane, like super attractive picks that you can play in DPS. Now we have a pick in, in the tank position that is like also contributing to that, where it's not just rectangle man, as much as we know that that's kind of being abolished in Overwatch 2. It it kind of signals to people that the rectangles. <laughs> that that we're getting a lot more agency the tank players are going to be another role to like really look at as as big playmakers this isn't just you know the support role little brother right like it's 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 here it's it's impactful it's imposing or you know it's it's brawly right that's the that's the kind of the word that i feel like everybody always use when talking about like these new tanks or some of these reworks or some of the changes with some of the old tanks that they feel a lot more brawly they're in the fight mm-hmm. they're doing more it's not just winston jumps in to you know support a dive and like that's the gist of it or roadhog hooks somebody there's there's more going on and i think that like in general is going to be that 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 feeling i i think we're all going to feel in like five to six months like once we hit like mid-season we're going to be like okay how do we feel about these tanks so I feel pretty good about Doom at a base level on paper right now without mm. having actually seen what he looks like in Overwatch 2. Uh, let's move on to the other hero that got talked about, and this is another piece of info that actually got revealed. True. Which is the Orisa stuff. Well, a, a, a piece of the Orisa stuff. Maybe the next dev stream, they'll tell us the next ability. Mm. And the next one after that. Uh, she's She apparently has a javelin now. And everyone, I, I think the post I saw was the... Uh, the Olympic spray mm-hmm. of Arissa holding a javelin in her left hand because the right hand's got the gun. Yeah. And she can just throw a javelin. Is basically what 
Beyond that, or a spear, and beyond that, uh, Yesco went a little bit deeper and also said there was a javelin, but you also said some other stuff. <laughs> that was quite that was quite profound if I'm gonna be honest with you. It sounds it's almost ridiculous. Now it, I'm gonna be real. If you if your entire thing was just the Arista stuff, I think everyone would have said it was fake. It was like that's <laughs> bullshit. The it it sounds fake. It, it just sounds, sounds ridiculous, so goofy. doesn't it? For sure. Yeah, no, it's like, on, yes, yes. It, it's like at what point should you just have given that kid to an entirely new hero? You know? You still can't have Overwatch one Arissa. Like she just doesn't fit. No, and but but you, I mean, you could redesign more in the the general theme of it. It's just like very weird. Like okay, so I, I know. I think I know where you're headed, but yeah, you know how Overwatch heroes are very much like focused around their gun identity to a degree. Like Doomfist right. is Doomfist because of the, uh, the, yeah. the um the glove. And the glove is therefore like also in a, a type of weapon. You have like the um, the Zarias, which is, have like the beam weapon, but it's also mm-hmm. a lob weapon. Then there's like basically like it's a representation of all kinds of weapons you would I generally see in FPS, right? Sure. Yeah. Now, getting rid, and they didn't get rid. I, I think that's also one thing where I um, I failed a little bit in my framing in the article, because it sounded like they got rid of the left click, which they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, they, yeah. The, the, juice? The th- Live juice on TCP? What is this? No, it's just oh, a clarification I also have, had already posted somewhere on Twitter, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, like, now her identity is not really the left click as much, uh, which is still bre- bread and butter, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the javelin type of thing, right? And it's like yeah. a javelin toss ability and like the negation that it sort of feels a little bit like we're we're giving the same ability to every tank now, which is a little weird. Everybody um, gets a defense matrix, basically. Yeah. And it's like it's it's weird in that sense. Mm. I also think um we'll have to see how it plays. I'm happy that like the concept seemed to re- resonate with people on the surface. Not sure how how it will translate into the actual life game, but like, um, yeah, it it felt like a very big departure. Even though I think based on wasn't there already a spray of Arisa with a javelin in, in the game? That's what yeah. I said. Yeah, that's what From I said earlier. Yeah. Right, it was so the Olympic spray. Yeah, it it was already sort of like thought about, and maybe that was something a concept. They, like in my mind, it's just like the concept was there before, and then they dug it up again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is a pretty big, big departure, and you think you could have just like had a monkey hero with that same ability. That's a tank hero has like a Nimbus uh, extension type of thing, and you could have had that hero. You know, Picasso is going to be really, really excited when you give him his new Monkey King hero. Right, as somebody who will because every, every game, every game, every, has every game has to have a monkey king, and Yiska is just hoping that this Winston new skin is was that. not enough. No, it was not enough. <laughs> if you think about it, this is a pretty much like a monkey king. Hero no, it is. The, it is. It is. You're right. You're w- not without the you know trickery and clouds. Maybe yeah. she re- rips some after work. We don't know. Um, but maybe they should give her some trickery and clouds. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure. Um, I, I guess like it. 
uh, it translates to the frame of the or like the the this idea of uh, what's it called in, in English? Minotaur. Minotaur. Yeah. Yeah. Centaur. 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 Yeah. Um, Minotaur is the one that looks like a bull. Got it reversed. Yeah. Ah, oh, right. This one's a horse. Right. Um. Yeah. That, like, I guess it plays into that. We'll see. It, it feels like a. A daring idea, but let's be honest, Jesus Christ was Orisa otherwise like a boring hero to play, especially when she was meta. Like, if you were not Orisa duty, you now sacrifice your fun, other than yeah. halt situations where you could like drag people off the cliff for mm -hmm. like your team's success, and that sucked. Like, mm -hmm. how bad is it that basically like one of the most impactful ultimates in the game feels so fucking lame bad. to use? Yeah. Place like, down. Supercharger? You don't supercharger? Supercharger yeah. was so impactful. If you look like at the stats, especially in Owl, like how often teams would win fights when Supercharger was used in those fights. It mm. was one of the best abilities, but man, was it fucking lame. Like, yeah, as an ability. Lame. Right? So, um. And I also just think damage boosting abilities are not healthy for the game anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm also not a fan of it for that reason. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, and, yeah. all, and the other reason why it's underwhelming is because you can just destroy it. Like, because it's a thing you place, yeah. it's a piece of equipment, you can just shoot it. <laughs> yes. So it felt underwhelming. It's like, oh, I just popped down. I think I popped down an ultimate and it's gone. I think the, the worst case of that ever that I saw, and this was actually in an owl, was it an owl game or was it a containers game? I can't remember. It was in a professional match. Mm -hmm. And what had happened is one of the, this Arissa player maybe accidentally did it. I don't know if it was on purpose. They put their supercharger in front of the payload and then they fucking ran over it with the payload oh, and it died. No. <laughs> Seriously. They put it in front of the payload and then because the payload's pushing, it instantly got destroyed and the payload just crushed it. Sick. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a professional game. <laughs> That's nice. Oh my god. I can't even remember if there was a um, kill fee notification or not. <laughs> payload killed. Yeah. Supercharge. I don't even know if there was one. I can't. The remember. logic on that's got to be kind of wonky because, like, that doesn't work with like the teleporter. Does that work with SimTP? Does it work with like torture? Like the the I logic no in the game. There. I know it breaks the May wall. I know it breaks. Yes. That. Yes. Agreed. Um, I have no idea. To I think this point, I think, I think the thing just to, real quick. I think the yeah. thing is they don't. What they don't want is you put the supercharger in front of the payload. And then you push the payload on top of the supercharger, and then the enemy team can't hit it. True. Yeah. That's what they want. don't want to have happen. So An I think the logic is. So what they, the logic is, well, just have this payload crush it then, so that you know it can't be invincible. Anyway, continue. You should just push it. I don't know. Anyways, um, to Yeska's point, like with how like underwhelming it feels to play Arissa. I I think it's just Bren that constantly brings up this anecdote of like talking to some of the devs and like how that's actually not replicated in like st the statistics apparently on their back end where like Arissa's like a very high pick tank in like lower queues because mm. of like a reason I have ideas as to why that was I don't actually would be kind of surprised if that was oh, still the, the case now main tanks. I know what you um, mean I think it's a bad example I think she had the most to do at the time like think of like back when Arissa came out first like you still had Ryan Winston was still really not doing much anything. I, I think a lot of people really don't like playing Winston for the most part in lower ranks because like, you just don't do anything. You jump around, you throw down a shield, that's it. Did you, when, did you say Winston or Ryan? Uh, I would say Winston has a little bit more agency than Ryan, but I, I still think they're pretty low. Definitely Ryan. I'll let you continue. A second, but definitely yeah. Ryan is like, it requires so much support yes. from your other cast members 
yep. that if you do not have good players in the other positions, namely the support roles, mm-hmm. it's dog shit to play. Yeah. Your and, experience is ruined. Yeah, That's why. 100%. Anyway, and, and to piggyback off that, I don't think Arissa is that much worse in that degree to that to say that like she needs a lot of support to actually work. She does a good job at hiding it. She gives you a lot of active things to do that keeps you engaged with the game so that you don't notice that your team isn't supporting you on your halts or on your positioning or using your shield. With Ryan, all you can do is be a support and hopefully try to get your team into position. Arissa at least gave you some active things to like keep yourself entertained with the game. There are a lot of tank heroes at like her release, uh, which is I. Th- I think Ryan's way better at that. I, I'm not. I'm not arguing if it's better or worse. I'm just saying that there's active choices to be made with Arissa that keep you engaged with the game. With Ryan, there's really nothing for you to do but. But charge. there's. You, yes, you can like back, like not be in front of your team. Go like for these weird charge angles. Try to get hit like the shatters from behind, from the angle, whatnot. I feel like that's way more engaging than Halt ever was. I think. I mean, at least for me, I, I think Halt's part of that. But I think like just having a primary fire helps. <clears throat> so Feel, mm. feeling like you're, yeah, I don't know. Let me put it this way: I think Arissa in Overwatch One, in terms of what Yisk is talking about as the mercy of tanks. In some ways, I agree. In, in very mm. other ways, I, I absolutely don't. And that's because Mercy is super autopilot to the point where you yes. can just turn off your monitor. But Arissa, if you you actually have to actively use a lot of the other abilities, if you're not doing them, I feel like you if you're not active with halts, you're just not playing Arissa to her potential at all. Yeah. Um, and obviously, because supercharge, I mean, I'm I'm not going to try and overhype this ability too much. But you do have to be a little bit clever with how you want to use it because you don't want to just get instantly destroyed. You know, it's a very high mm-hmm. value alt. Um, and Arissa doesn't do the most damage, so it's it's hard to charge supercharger. By the way, unless you're hitting a lot of shots or you're actually getting environmentals with halt, you're not charging this ultimate very quickly. So you you get it yeah. once every you know once in a while. Yeah. Um, but because she's, in my opinion, kind of easy to play, put shield down, yes. hold down the left click, yes. and you're kind of just playing tank bastion in a way, but with way mm-hmm. less damage. Right, you're cosplaying a Bastion with less damage. Yes, and, and actually, in some ways, you are cosplaying Alpha Bastion from Overwatch One because you guys remember a, the original yeah, Bastion reveal. You had a shield, yep. so you're cosplaying that Alpha Bastion, but just with way less damage output. Mm. Um, and in that sense, it does find a little bit autopiloty. Uh, so I can I can see that, but she's her entry level, her, her skill floor in Overwatch One is quite low. Doesn't take a lot to get into Arissa. I think the skill floor of the other tanks are much higher. Yes. Uh, even for heroes like Ryan and Winston. Because Winston, way easier for you to get punished. Ryan, yeah, you get punished hard as well. Arissa's quite safe. You put down the shield, you start spamming, you're not going to get punished. Unless the other team actively pushes you and tries to kill you, you're just kind of there. You know, you're just kind of doing your thing. You're chilling. So she doesn't get punished a lot at a low level. Uh, or even a high level if your team is good and you know what you're doing. So now, going back to the actual Arissa reveal of, of the Javelin and then subsequently what you're talking about in terms of the additional things she is doing with her javelin mm. uh to be clear fortify you mentioned that fortify was the only ability that was retained and everything else is now some javelin based ability that is to me reads like what a dive hero almost sounds like she has her own version of defense matrix in a way mm. and she has what else did you say it was like uh a... like the spear spin thing yeah, I think I, that's, that's a, the defensive matrix. Yeah. What was what was the other? The javelin I can't remember. Toss. Javelin toss. Yeah, yeah, we know about the toss. And the, oh, and the, the ultimate. Was it, was it just the ultimate. 
Yeah, it's just the yeah. ultimate, right? Yeah. The ultimate where she, you know, she sucks people in and then deals some damage. Big suck. Uh, and I, I think, um, I, don't, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Bren or somebody on Plaget mentioned it. it sounded like a Dota or a MOBA ability. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, it does. It sounds yes. like it, it sounds like, like a MOBA ability, like something you would see. Galio. Um, uh, yeah, Galio or maybe, uh, we're talking about League of Legends here now, or Nunu, you know, Nunu's ult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something, could be like that. Yeah. Yeah. something like that. That sounds like it. Because when I think, when I think about the description and I like into my mind of like what that could be, where you're channeling some sort of AOE, which sucking people in. Not that Nunu's ability does that, but um, yeah, mm. just something like that is, is what mm. it sounds like to me on a first real base. So what, what it says, and this is the problem I have with her identity now, is all of her spear abilities do not make sense with her gun. Yeah. Because her gun is still the, I want to sit at the range, pop a shield down, and just shoot some bitches and not give a fuck about the game. And, you know, I'm going to go AFK in the corner and just shoot people. Mm. But her ultimate requires you to literally be in melee range by the sounds of it because we're assuming it's not a ridiculous aoe that covers half the map but we're assuming it's a reasonable aoe and it requires people to be near you to start with i would imagine so, it's probably like point sized right like like a control point size like aoe that even sounds too big because depending on the control think about think about oasis city center and how fucking huge that is oh if i mean point size then yeah, the i'm thinking of, of like village place. nepal like that little bunker area feels like like a snow okay, like a blizzard only, okay if it's only that okay if, yeah, good point blizzard if it's if it's if it's around the same size of blizzard i'll accept it anything bigger than that ridiculous it's, yeah that that's too much too big, it's bigger than too blizzard it's fucked up <laughs> I think, I think even being the size of Blizzard might be crazy, but we'll see. But I don't know the numbers. I don't know how strong it actually sure. is. Um, and like, actually, it, there's a bit of a overlap with Blizzard because Blizzard's another another you know big yep. AOE that kind of slows some you synergies. In, maybe we'll see. Um, so anyway, what, what was I talking about? So back to what I was trying to get towards yeah. is it seems like the, there's a disconnect in her kit because the gun. Sounds like something you want to stay away and fight, like the older Rissa, which all the Rissa is like a stay away hero. But the rest of her kit, especially the ultimate, sounds like you want to get in close, yep. like a dive here. Yeah. And so she's got this crazy, like, split identity now in the middle. And when you said this originally, Yisco was like, maybe they should have just made this new hero. I'm like, I think that's correct. I think they should have just made a new hero. I think they should have kept Arissa mostly how she was, maybe adjusted her slightly, or fuck it, maybe they don't change anything. Give her a bit more HP because she's a solo tank, and then don't change anything. And then if she sucks, she sucks. And no one plays yeah. it. Whatever. Eh, whatever. Come back I won't to shit later any, or something. I won't shed any tears for Arissa, sadly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just give these new spear abilities to a totally new hero. Like, like for example, what is that, um, that screenshot everyone's fucking going crazy over with Magnus? You guys remember that? You guys see that Magnus screenshot? No. Where there was, there was some map, some map where... Uh, in the background, oh yeah, it was from the um, oh, Overwatch Two. You guys know when when they when they did the original tweet, twit, tw- uh, tw- not tweet longer the uh, the tweet about the Overwatch Two stuff and how oh here's Aaron Keller's um, developer update as well, and they released a bunch of new screenshots. Yeah. One of the screenshots in the background had this statue called Magnus, and people were like, oh, "Is this guy here? Is Magnus a hero?" And now, who knows? Maybe it's a maybe it's a teaser, maybe it's an Easter egg, or maybe. Maybe it's just literally a statue, and that's it. Yeah. And, there's, and you shouldn't read too far into it. But I'm going to use that example because it kind of fits my point that I'm getting into, which is that they should just give all the spare abilities to a hero like Magnus. I can imagine a hero like Magnus having, not Malga, not that guy, but um, 
you know, a hero like Magnus, which is made, which looks like some Roman gladiator. Mm-hmm. Um, if they gave all these spare abilities, to, like like uh, that would make like sense. Pantheon. You guys know Pantheon from League of Legends? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like he looked like like that kind of guy. You give it to that yes. guy and give him all these spare abilities. That canonically, from a law perspective, makes sense and it looks good. Um, but you you have a hero that I don't know if you'd make it melee, but you'd have a hero where like okay, if your ultimate is some spinning thing where you want to get in close and deal a bunch of damage, then you should probably be either a brawl tank like Ryan, where you're going to get up close to swing a hammer, or you are going to be a dive tank like a Winston, where you're going to leap in and do all your spear bullshit, you know? Mm. Not Arissa. It just doesn't It just doesn't feel like it fits. It just completely... It's just so different, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's yeah. a total split identity. And the other... And I also looked at some... Um, not feedback, but reactions. I looked at some reactions, and uh, some of the reactions were quite fair because they were saying, "Oh, uh, isn't Arissa's identity meant to be like this protector? She's the protector of Nimbani. Yeah, you know, she's helping an old lady cross the street. She's very friendly and very, yeah. uh, you know, mild mannered kind of thing. She's def- de- designed by a ten-year-old girl. I can't remember how old Efi is." Um, and she's meant to be the protector of Numbani, and the whole shield thing, uh, and the fortify thing was all part of that kit. And now she's got this very aggressive redesign because she's like, now I want to get in your face and swing my spear. Um, it's very counter. It's very counter to that philosophy. And, I, and some of the reaction I saw was that, you know, some uh, players were quite sad. Some members of the community were quite sad that uh, they're losing Orissa's protector guardian identity. Mm-hmm. So, I just, yeah. I just it don't know odd. about. I like, I like the bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. I just think it should go to a new hero and not be slapped onto Arissa. Is my opinion. Agreed. Yeah, I think that would probably work best. I wonder if maybe that was the original like plan, and then things had to get expedited along, and then they just kind of slapped it on Arissa because that was one of the things that they like needed to get off this. Um. Yeah, she's probably gonna need some work. If I'm gonna be honest, now that you kind of like lay it out, she's probably gonna need a lot of like overhaul in terms of like overall design because it doesn't, it doesn't gel. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That that primary fire just doesn't seem to match the rest of her kit, um, or at least how some early projections maybe assume that she might like the gameplay loop might play out. I don't know. It's I'm interested to get my hands on it and actually play it. Cause it, it, it is kind of interesting. It seems a lot more fun, but it also, like you said, it, it could be some, some jarring bits to it. So we'll see. All right. So that's Arissa. Uh, let's move on to the next thing. Um, uh, I guess we talk about Sojourn now, uh, which is, I don't think they revealed anything necessarily. So to be clear, one thing that has actually happened with Sojourn is that there has been a developer update a long time ago now. I can't remember. It must have been over a year now. It's in 2019, I think. Where they... Act- no, no, no. It was not 2019. Okay. It was not the reveal stream. The reveal of Sojourn didn't show you anything. There was another stream. I think this was during BlizzCon Line last year. BlizzCon mm-hmm. Line last year. Well, they actually showed Arissa's kit, or parts of her kit. They actually showed her what, she, what her gameplay looked like. Um... And she had this very fast-firing rifle. Almost reminds me of a soldier rifle. Mm-hmm. But it looked like it might not be fully hit scam. I'm not entirely sure on that. It's hard to tell from that footage alone. 
Uh, and then she's got a railgun ability, which they showed off, and you charge it up with the left flick, and then you fire it off, and then, you know, it looks like it does a lot of damage. Um, and, you know, there's there's a whole host of other things, and she in, in the original reveal, she was seen sliding as well. So, you know, got a slide ability. I mean, I'm not going to bother dancing around it too much, because Yusuke's juiced it all up now, and he's, he's apparently juiced out all of Sojin's, you know, whatever kit. Um, but she sounds very, very powerful. Extremely mm. powerful. She sounds powerful to the point where uh, I think she's literally Soldier 76, but better in every way. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah, yeah that's, that's my perception as well. It is pretty power creeped, it feels like. Um, the thing is, like, this is one of those things where... Okay, so, good things first, right? This kid is, looks and sounds fun as shit, right? Mm. Um... And I think that's, like, big, like, 80% now of the work that you should do is now accomplished, right? Now, here's the problem. Is this balanceable? Can you keep her fun while tuning the numbers? And I'm worrying a little bit more there, especially with a railgun, but we'll see. I think, like, that's the, that's the thing that we need to figure out, right? I think, generally speaking, that's possible. I just mm-hmm. wonder, like... You know how how we think generally, like, for instance, I think Soldier is a pretty good um, example where Soldier is a hero that probably, like, stands and falls with the numbers that he's producing. And that's why they were only, like, ever incrementally changing, like, 0.5 damage per shot or something on him. If you were to give him, like, three damage more per shot, now he's overpowered and he's, like, a menace to deal with. Because he's slippery, mm-hmm. like, pretty safe, self-sustaining. Everyone in solo queue will play that shit because, like, you can turn games with that by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that kid doesn't invite the same issues to a degree. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm willing to give more opportunities to these types of kids and just make everything like this, you know? Like, just, like, fucking make everything overpowered in the right hands and that's, like... Probably a better gameplay experience, generally speaking. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm mildly concerned that by the old par- the balance paradigms we've adhered to, that this will be a harder hero to get the numbers right. But it's not impossible for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, the kit sounds fun. Yeah, I think and I think everybody agrees on that. Like this sounds like something like, you want to get your hands on. And I think like you want heroes with high skill ceilings. Yep. Yes. This sounds like a high skill ceiling hero. Yeah, because you need some precision. Um, the movement mechanics sound powerful, mm. but also offers you mechanical skill ceiling as well in terms of how you're going to use it. I have to assume because it sounds a little bit more. Uh, it's not as basic as sprint, right? Sprint is just sprint. Yeah, this is a little bit. This sounds, you know, this sounds the fact that it's got some sort of vertical thing baked into some sort of horizontal thing that you can use it in more creative ways and that would give you some outplay potential and that would give you some more mechanical skill ceiling to explore which you can't oh, sure. do you can't i don't think you can mechanically outplay somebody with sprint for the most part right yeah. unless you're doing some crazy thing where like, like wiggle shit right you're like sprinting, you're sprinting down in a circle to avoid getting headshot by whatever yes. or whatever um but um i i think like when i think about like what cool outplay designs are you know, and I, and I go back to MOBA designs and I think of, you know, champions like Aurelia or something and just like 
like a Fiora duelist. I don't know sure. why Sojun gives Sojun gives me that impression. Uh, and it's not just a slide, but like this, it just sounds like a very high skill ceiling hero with good outplay m- m- potential, mm-hmm. and that's exciting to watch. But um, she sounds like she does too much. She sounds like she's got a lot going on for her compared to what other heroes do. And um, you also mentioned this, yes, but you, you said that she had some AOE slow, which doesn't sound particularly fun <laughs> to, to play against. Maybe it's fun for her, but not particularly fun to play against. And it's that's like a weird part of her kit. It's like, why does she have that? Like, yeah, that sounds yeah. like she doesn't need that. Like, I, I would have been fine with the character with everything except that. Like, um, it just seemed like a totally like, you know, yeah, you have a hero that can do X and Y and Z things, and oh, also they can they can fold party balloons. But like, why? Yeah. Like, why, why did that need to be there? Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do with her. Uh, they're going to have to really look deep into how she's done. But I am really looking forward to how Overwatch League players are going to handle her because she sounds like a cool hero to watch in the hands of a good player. Yes, mm. that's the main thing. Like I'm really hyped about like seeing. How the best players handle that. Um, I'm sure currently it must be ridiculous in the right hands. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll probably get, get a much tuned down version of that. You'll unfortunately miss out on the absolute ridiculousness of probably like you can imagine, like if you have a a railgun that one shots squishies. That's probably unlikely to make it live, I would think. But we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not like opposed to the idea if like Sojourn comes out on release and May fifth we roll out with like a slightly tuned back but still like pushed version, right? Like I think when people first see this game, especially like casual like players of the game, not even viewers of the Overwatch, like this is gonna be like their first opportunity of some of them, their first opportunity to really see this game outside of like beta stuff. Um and I think like seeing the new heroes, seeing the new maps, I think that's not like a bad thing for PR. Um I think in general, like as the the macro view of like overwatch 2 you look at heroes like soldier 76 yeah he is very dated in terms of like design i hope that he gets kind of a pass over and like gets the the redesign that he needs because he's kind of fallen by the wayside you know since like, data right yeah you can, you can see that i don't know if i call it power creep of design in some ways you could say power creep because the new heroes have been stronger like i think echo was crazy good on release and she needed a yeah. lot of nerfs um but it's also can i say design creep like creative design because like yeah. the new heroes are so cool and compared to the old heroes like i yeah. i really enjoy you know sigma's design echo's yeah. design sojin's design from what we know um and then you compare that to the original heroes and the original heroes just sound like who the fuck made these like what is this about like this there's some call of duty guy that sprints like what uh yeah, they yeah. sound super outdated right <laughs> like they sound old Yep, and sure. and maybe that's the 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 shtick they're going with. Like Soldier seventy six, old. He's get over it. Like he's crotchety. I just not very fun. I hope he needs he needs a passover, right? Like even like in his specific role as like this like high damage, high uptick, you know, DPS hero. Like there are other heroes that kind of I, like fill that same niche. Sort playing of. devil's advocate, Joe. I yeah. do think he has a role in the game as an introductory hero. If sure, think about I'm it, cool with that. He's the guy you play in the literal tutorial. Yeah. And he is the most basic hero in terms of outside of mercy that in terms of how easy he is to pick up. True. Because if you've played any FPS game before, 
and you see like oh a generic shooty man with rifle yeah. who can run uh and he does a couple of things to self sustain where you can you can uh put down a healing pad and the only other way he could be more generic shooty man is if he threw a grenade but the helix rocket is yeah kind of that in a sense anyway so he is he is call of duty shooty man and i think there is a place in the game for someone like that to exist but this goes back into discussions I've had before where it's like I I am not convinced that every single hero needs to be vi- to be viable. I am super along with the idea that some heroes are just training wheel heroes and that you are supposed to not play them. You're supposed to get rid of them and stop playing them once you get good enough the game to, to improve. So, you know, soldiers like your Soldier 76 is your training wheels hero and then when you learn how to ride a bike, you can move on to Surgeon. Fair. Yeah, I'm, if if that's like the the concept that they're running with, I'm cool with just leaving him as is, and then like, much like the trap that they may fall into with Arissa, like instead of like just reworking Soldier into like this new Soldier 2.0, just give that kit to some other character, get a new character out faster, cool. give people something new to kind of play with. So, I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. And so just before I move before we move on to the next uh, part of this discussion, just to finish up what I'm saying, it's just like you know I I think it's fine if you have. I would be fine with Mercy and Moira's existence in the game with how basic they are as long as they do not enter high level of gameplay. Right. Because they should yep. they should be training wheel heroes for new people to learn how to play the game. When you get good at the game, you're supposed to move on. Right. And if you know and if you if you don't it's like <sighs> now we're getting into weird territory where like you start to see some of these like basic heroes make be too viable and it's just like i don't know that's healthy for gameplay but um i guess i'm just thankful that there there are no annoying soldier my soldier mains out there uh can't say the same for mercy players but yeah i mean people if you're trying to force your hero to be if if you're like overly complaining and you want your like very basic hero to be to have extremely high output because it's the only thing you want to play i don't know i think that's a bit selfish personally so uh, it should be a training wheels hero, but people want to people want to shove those training wheels onto just about everything these days. Yeah. Apparently, so uh, Sojin looks good, mm. maybe strong. We'll see how it goes. Needs to be looked at further. I'm sure they will do that. Uh, I think the, the the last final thing that that was kind of brought up in this dev stream, and to be fair, we haven't really talked about too much there's like an hour long death stream but there just wasn't too much being brought up is the um they mentioned kind of offhand that these are these these two things are related supports feel weak mm. and and also molly said that as well by the way so molly actually dropped an interview where he mentioned he felt like supports were a bit weak mm. molly from guangzhou charge he's their new support player um and then what else did yeah, then, then the developer said as well, alongside supports feeling like a little weak, they also mentioned that uh Tracer felt strong in terms of flanking. Now these two things combined have sent the common denominator player base into an absolute frenzy. Uh and I made the mistake of once again walking to the Battle.net forums. And look these days these days going there going there is like Entering the reactor of Chernobyl, you know, why, you got to be. Why are you up. doing this to yourself? I don't understand. Because uh, I'm like a, I'm like a reporter who goes into war zones, you know. But uh, with I your pro- mental, 
basically. Like you're like yeah, I like and, and trust me on the on the internet it is mental warfare. Um, I like to keep my mental in, intact, but I also can't help it. I also can't help, but you know, come down from my ivory tower and just see what the peasants are doing every now and then. You know, how's the farming going? How's the how's the smithing going? You know, you're insufferable. The makers and the potters, the pottery people, and, and just you know, live a day in the life of a plebeian. What are they doing these days? Well, so I go into so I'm going to the Battle.net forums to observe, observe the plebeians, and yeah, they're molding. They're fucking losing their shit. You have like, you have crazy, they, they're writing crazy headlines that make me think they're all Kotaku journalists. I'm like, what are these? Like, oh, uh, Overwatch 2 ruined. The developers didn't heed our warnings. The game is completely ruined now. Flank is a uh, supports are useless and, and traces the best hero again. I need Joe to do his voice for this. I can't do it. Oh and, my uh, god, Avril! Oh, twice is ruining please, us. Call me King Avril, actually. King Avril, please. The pulse bombs are waning like hot coals from the sky. Oh no, it's inscufferable. <laughs> inscufferable. Um, and so they 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 hate it. They hate it because they they knee jerked so hard. That the foot has reached over their heads and they've kicked themselves in the asses with their own foot. That's how hard they need joke to it. A long foot. People, people who have never played the game haven't seen any footage of the game outside of if they even paid attention to it, the Overwatch League uh, playtest, uh, or most likely what they saw was the uh, the loading screen from XQC stream. That's yeah. about as much gameplay as they've seen of Overwatch Two, mm-hmm. and they've had some unbelievable reactions. Uh, off the back of these comments, I almost wish that the developers, that Jeff and um, Aaron, didn't mention anything about support or tracer, um, because it's just like I, I think that they do it from a position of like it's admirable. Like obviously, it's innocent. They, they do it from a position of innocence, right? Where it's like, well, they're just they're just stating their reactions. Like, yeah, this is what's happening in the game right now. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. this is how the game's always got to be. But the community's re- I don't know. Again. Since Could they, they have said the anything game? without like Battle.net just picking up on it? Like, oh, Bastion's crazy. Oh, no, we, sh- we should have. They didn't hit. Listen, Bastion's nuts. We said they would. Like, it's just like the hive mind, like the law of like large numbers that like somebody's going to say something and just feel like mega validated. Like, I, it, like, I, they're kind of doomed either way. It's just like, fuck it. It's say like, whatever. it's dooming to an unbelievable degree. Yeah. It's, I don't understand. It's like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's almost like the opposite of the movie. Don't look up. I don't know yes. if you've seen it, Christian, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, where like no one believes that the world is ending. Whereas I think like people who are terminally online just automatically just always assume the worst, right? They're like, oh, you know, they, yeah, it's ending. Like no evidence, but you know, everything's going to shit. Um, so I guess my point is, this is I'm, I'm rambling a little bit now. This is this is a repeat of the developer stream. Apparently, I'm rambling a bit. But what my point is, is that. Um, there were some strong reactions to the mentioning of supports feeling or looking weak and flanking heroes, DPS heroes being strong. Mm. Um, raises a few questions in my mind about like what's going on there. I have a few thoughts on it, on maybe why it could be happening. It also raises some thoughts in my mind about like what game do the people on Battle.net forums want to play? Legitimately, yeah. if they could design the game, yeah. right? they step into the Blizzard office, they are now the developers of Team 4, what the fuck game do they want? Like in their per- in, in their minds, what is the perfect Overwatch game? Is it literally 
Six Mercies versus Six Mercies. Is that the game they want? Because I, I don't know what the game they want is. I think, I think we have to legitimately entertain that people just enjoy being mad. Like, unironically. Right? I, like, certainly it's just I certainly like, do. That's why I go there. I go there to get mad. So, and uh, to a degree, I, I can understand. Like, listeners of this podcast will know. If you know, you know. But, like, sometimes <laughs> it's, uh, it's nice to be mad. Right? At a higher mm-hmm. power. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, it feels like almost like a, a blow of steam type of situation. Yeah. Imagine being the community manager of that cesspool. Jesus Christ. I, I genuinely you don't have don't, to imagine. That person exists. Yeah, that's and Andy he, B. And he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he posts. Yeah, it, it must be. The thing is, like, you're probably, at some point, you're just, like, catching. Like, you're not really looking at the substance of the post as much as like the temperature of the motion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think there's some value there. I think um, like if these people stuck around, there's obviously something in your game that has attracted it's them good. and keeps them around. So yeah. I guess you can take that with a grain of salt and just like appreciate the passion and just be all about that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that it's also... Just a very particular crowd that writes comments there. And I just don't know what they want. Like, yeah. I, I want to know what they want because then I can understand it better. And you know, and then yeah, I could. That, that's I could the issue. Create, they don't. And you, you, I could, we all know this. I could create royal decrees that might help them. <laughs> you know, agreed. Yeah. Yes, help like... me help you. Help me help you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone's getting sent to the gallows, and the guillotines are coming out. Hey, let me cake. That's all I'm saying. What I, what, I, what I will say is, like, there is kind of, like, a... There's a part of me that just goes, like, well, no shit. That, like, Tracer's, like, becoming, like, a very, very strong pick. She always kind of was. There's there's not too many metas where, like, Tracer's just, like, bad. Would, and you, then, would, you, would you say that Tracer being good is a sign that the game is good? Like, is that is that an equivalent thing? Or is that a bad thing? Is, is Tracer being good good or bad for the game? Me, personally, I would say it's a good thing. I would think most people think it's a good viewing experience. I think Tracer's a fun hero to watch. She's like high mechanical outplay potential. She has like, she's kind of like the face of the game. It feels like, like when you think overwatch, she's literally on the box. So I think Tracer personally. So like, yeah, I I'd like Tracer to be like a high pick rate character. I don't think that she should be always played, but like it should be the, you know, open, right. It, It should be a viable hero. Um, but when you remove a tank and you start to like trim CC, it feels like a perfect breeding ground to have so, a character like this become really oppressive. Except, what is the context? Because, well, who's who's fucking playing the alpha? True. Is it like ninety percent of Overwatch League pros in this? Like, what is it? Because if it is, no shit, Trace is right, unbelievably strong. Because fucking like a striker or somebody's in right. there playing against you. Of course, you're getting demolished. Um, but. My greater point, you know, if if Molly's saying, you know, and I get it, if you are, so let me let me actually actually explain why some of this might be happening. So, if you think about what we know about five v five, there's one less tank, and with one less tank, there's one less player on the field that can assist support and help heal for you. Because usually you're playing with a Winston and Diva or a Ryan and Diva or a Ryan and Zarya, mm-hmm. and the off tank is going to be like, oh no, my supports are in trouble. Turn around, Matrix, you bubble, you whatever. Now. One tank. That's it. And that one tank isn't helping you, you're fucked. 
Yep. Uh, oh, and also because there's less CC, you know, we're assuming there's no Briggs stun, there's no there's no Cassidy stun, there's no there's just no stun. Um, how are you supposed to be predicted? If you are Anna, unless you land that sleep dart, you just die. Yeah. By the sounds of it, because what what what? And that's a that's a hard difficulty to land consistently. Agreed. Even for pros. That's why if I see pros land them consistently, I'm like, wow, this guy's insane. This guy's a great player. If he can land sleep darts consistently, especially in one Kareva a roll star award, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, um, so it, it makes a lot of sense. You have less CC and one less tank. Of course, supports are going to be more vulnerable. And here's mm. the other thing: if you're playing at a high level, you know there's the support passive that they gave the support, yeah. which is uh, they all get out of combat healing, yeah. personal healing. That doesn't make a difference in pro play. When 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 are you ever gonna when is that ever gonna be useful to you? Because if you're out of combat, your support is probably just gonna heal you anyway. Mm-hmm. And also in combat, it does nothing for you. So it does nothing for you. Yep. <laughs> so it actually just does nothing for you. <laughs> it's useless. It is literally useless. It's it's yep. you, you know where it's actually good. It's good on a casual level when your team is not working together and your other support is not helping you. And you're like, fuck, I need to get heals, but I don't want to grab a health pack. I'll just wait for the uh, self-healing to kick in. Yep. Right. In that situation, fantastic. Good passive. But for good teams, a good play literally makes no difference. I actually think they need to give supports the movement speed roll buff that DPS got alongside the self-healing buff. Or the okay. roll, the passive. Just to make them have something. Because yeah. if, they, if they sound as... Oh, actually, I'm not going to try and pretend I... Pretend I'm not going to try and jump to any conclusions of how weak they really are because yeah. we don't know. We we just know that Molly said they're a bit weak, and um, maybe Jeff Goodman said they're a bit weak, but we don't know what to, how weak, extremely mm, weak, right. little weak, medium weak, like what? Uh, you know, well done, rare. What is it? I don't know. Um, so depending on how that is, you have to kind of adjust different things. Um, but yeah, I just think like you know. It probably wasn't. It probably shouldn't be too complicated to understand why we are in the stage we are in. I'm a little surprised that Team Four didn't foresee this, yeah. considering that there's no CC or less far less CC and no off tank. Right. It's a little surprising that they didn't foresee that supports were going to be in a bit of a concerning state based on that information. And um, maybe they did, and they just like, or maybe they did a little bit, but they just didn't realize to what extent. Yeah. Uh, and and this problem is again exacerbated probably be because. Our level DPS players are going to ruin you. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a bit different. Agreed. I think there are some interesting like things that could come from it if it does get pushed alive. Like again, we we show up May fifth, and you know supports are still in kind of a wonky state. Like, does the role of a DPS become a little bit more fringe in positioning, not in terms of like dynamic? Right, like, are you playing on the wings a little bit more? Are you less clumped up? Are you trying to take the space of somebody like an off tank would? Like, are you playing a little bit more spread apart to maybe supplement how much your supports are getting dove on? Is that even like a possible thing? Like, what could come from supports being like this heart of the team? That like, oh, if your supports die, which always kind of was the case, but it feels like it's more so now, right? Like, if they die, then shit's really hit the fan, and we don't have a barrier in front of us. We have one less opportunity to have a barrier in front of us. Like, does this change oh, yeah, the position? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. if there is more spam, if there is more influence on how, how like, support uptime, if you will, 
like does this change the role of where the dps are necessarily standing in correlation to like the team clump or are we just dissolving the team clump and kind of playing more of a skirmish almost i don't know it's i'm kind of interested i got another thing to add into this for tracer as well it's just like how many good tracers are actually playing at low levels are there any yeah because yeah. as much as people are like, oh my god, Trace is always meta and she's always high pick rate. I'm like, is she? Luck. Is she actually that high pick rate? I want to see some stats. Yeah. Give me bronze, silver, gold, even plat stats. Plat. What is the pick rate for Trace at that level? Because I hazard to think that she actually is super. Po- Maybe she's popular from like, you know, like you said, Joe. She's the face of the game. She's literally on the box art cover. Mm-hmm. Um, super recognizable. She was in Ready Player One for fuck's sake, representing the entire of Watch, fran- of Watch franchise. Um, I, I just think like she's she is the opposite of an introdu- introductory hero. She's not someone yes. you pick up early. You do not play Tracer when you're starting up the game. As much as you're like, oh, she's the girl in the cover box, bro. She is like one of the hardest heroes to play, <laughs> and very easy to punish. 150 HP can, and that's the other thing as well. Is like. You know, she can still just, it's still Overwatch, guys. She's still going to just die if you don't play her well. I i just don't know. It just feels misplaced, this entire outcry yeah. from the casual player base, because I genuinely cannot imagine that they are facing either A, a high quantity of tracers, mm-hmm. or B, actual good tracer plays that are going to make their gameplay suffer that are going to oh. make their experience bad um because tracer's super fucking hard to play well so all the good tracer players are not going to be in bronze to plat so eric's saying top eight hero used in bronze silver gold yeah top eight on a team with only six heroes so i mean like yeah not even you know dps and then, oh, like, the there DPS. are some significant deltas in terms of on other a, heroes as well. So on a on a on a on a game where and this is applies to Overwatch two and Overwatch one, but in Overwatch one, where you have two heroes on a team, top eight in out of two heroes, it's like, yeah, you know, there's like nice. six. There's like six other heroes that get played. A, uh, when you say top eight, do you mean she's eighth place or do you mean she's top eight of thirty two with less than a fifty percent win rate in like? Bronze, silver, gold. So where does she rank in terms of pick rate? Like, a- actual number? Eighth place? I believe so. That's I'm, I'm kind of gleaning Can we get some confirmation but... on that? Uh, it's Is lower. It lower than eighth? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric's saying lower than eighth. It's here. Yeah. yeah, it's What like... number is that? How, how, how far down is that, Yuska? Um, it looks oh, like she's, down? she's below 0.5 win rate so um it would be like yeah mid-tier maybe lower mid-tier. so she's like a mid-tier pick for low ranks right mm-hmm. cool what what the fuck are people complaining about yeah, oh yeah. my god Just anything. Tra- i mean she, yeah she's strong you could you could you could but take no it they could have sent anybody and they would have been mad it's like, it's, it's they're mad to be they, mad it's it's battle net forums too like yeah whatever they have a, i mean in, yeah. i feel like in every blizzard game battle net forums yeah. are just like I want to fucking enter that. I swear, like their moderators, like sewage cleaners. It's like you got to enter that shit with the hazmat suit. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah. What a cesspool. So that aside, um, I I think there just needs to be some adjustments for support gameplay, just to make mm-hmm. it feel fun and again, sure. well, just fun generally. And um, 
and not feel too vulnerable. I mean, that's a, that's a key thing because it is harder for supports to help each other as well based on the fact that you have no brig, you know, super, because no stuns, no brig bash, right? So, right. yeah. Um, cool. Is there anything I missed in the dev stream? That, or we have like a date, right? We have, uh, what was it, April 26th? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. April official date for the beta now, April 26th. Yep. Which we'll is how many days before the uh, um, Overwatch League season start is that? That is nine, one, two, three, four. nine days. I think 10. 10? 10 oh, if you yeah. include the date itself, which you should, right? Yeah. Yeah. So 10 days before the Overwatch League start. So. I mean, good shit. It's also two days before my birthday, so here's hoping. That would oh, be yeah, a fantastic. one day be before mine. Awesome... Wait, when's oh, wow. your birthday? 27th. Of April? Yes. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow, the I'm double birthday April. No fucking way. Yeah. It took, for us to, it took for us to get to episode 219 to figure that out. Actually, not yeah. That I, <laughs> not that I was part of the first 100 or anything, but like, wow. Just so that would be a great, that'd be a great birthday present for either of us. Really? Mm-hmm. True. Get a key. Um, key me. Key me, please. Birthday. Not my car. Well, that's so, it. So I don't have a car. So yeah, I know it will be. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, beta beta starting. We'll see how many people actually get in. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people trying to get in. Mm. And oh yeah, and the other thing, Eric saying we will record on April 27th. We just get and my 28th is also. We'll be technically recording on birthdays. birthdays easy. Like It'll be the birthday Perfect. podcast. Birthday mm-hmm. podcast. Love that. Um, any final thoughts on the dev stream? Because we're going to move on to the next no. big part of the podcast episode. All right. Well, now that... See, what we just did could have just been a podcast in and of itself. And what we are essentially doing now is starting another podcast that could have been a podcast in and of itself. This is all We've Batman all over again. To shove... Two podcast episodes together into one podcast episode. That's right. Nice. That's here. Cool. We are. It's that so, season. So this is what's going to happen. As let me set this up properly. I need to make sure. <clears throat> A moment, please. Anticipation. The drama. Welcome to the annual. Crouchy Awards in 2022, where we award excellence in the field of completely made up random categories that don't mean anything. Um, and actually, the entire format of this awards show doesn't make a lot of sense because we're, we're, we're giving out awards before the season even starts, before the season we're about to go into, without having seen a single game or really knowing anything about the season. And actually, we, it's particularly scuffed because we, we haven't even, we don't even have, haven't seen the game yet. We don't even really know everything about the game. We haven't seen the game. Uh, so we're literally just making everything up. Well, welcome anyway to the annual Crouchies. <laughs> Infinity Hedge. Nobody get at us in DMs for whatever we're about to say and atrocities <laughs> we're about to commit. Uh, we were so be... wrong last year, dude. Like, 
<laughs> I was going through a list. We were off, bro. I, th- I think you hit on some of them, but yeah, I, it was, you know. We shouldn't some, tell. Some teams. We shouldn't tell. Teams the, yeah, we, we shouldn't reveal the magic trick of like summoning content out of thin air that also has absolutely no su- substance down the line. Let's go. We're pretty good at that. All right. Shall we get into it? Yes. Let's go. Here we go. I had something prepared. So I gotta make sure I do this properly. Okay. Okay. Just need you to wait for it. Welcome to the official awards. We got a lot of new we got a lot of categories this year. Uh I don't I didn't I wasn't here last year actually, so this is all new to me. I'll be your official host for the evening. Avril, here to present the awards. Uh, there'll be some other... We'll have some other special guests here to present awards as well. You might know them already. One of them is Jeska. The other one is Volamel, presenting the other awards for the show for the annual Crouchies 2022. Our first award is going to be the category of... Let me get the list down make sure I'm doing this all correctly okay first of all we got a, we got some big ones out there obviously we're going to be talking about stuff like rookie of the year mvp who's going to win out we're saving the best for last year our fun awards number one the who reg award for given to the player who we we believe will probably be the most successful bench player or the player that will be able to have you know the greatest amount of success based on what their team is doing without having really played any games. Minimal games or no games played is going to be kind of the criteria for this award. Uh, done in the name of classic player who reg, who comes from Vancouver Titans, Apex, uh, and has basically just won everything. I think he actually did play in Apex, so maybe that's not entirely fair, but yeah, he's he was a Titans player. You never saw while they dominated. So without further ado, the winner, at least from my perspective, I'll, I'll announce my winner first. We'll, we'll go there. The winner of the Who Rig Award is Who Are You? Well done. Well done, Who Are You? Yeah, I think Who Are You is probably going to be uh, it very easy again. He is on, I could have said Bebe, but you know, we'll just say Who Are You? Because he was already there. You know, He's already got an Overwatch League Championship title. He's still on the Shanghai Dragons, still a really stacked team. And I'm expecting them to do extremely well this year. Probably win titles, maybe contend for the championship, maybe go to the grand finals. Uh, depending on the meta, who are you might not even play. And if it's anything like last year, where Flitter and Lip just dominate, which probably they will again, who are you is going to dominate from the bench? There you go. True. Somebody who's won a few major titles by not doing much of anything. It's kind of kind of crazy. I, however, have not picked who are you. I have chosen a rookie coming into the uh, the the North American Overwatch League region. Um, somebody who I don't think many people have on their radar, but I think their team's going to do pretty good. I think Gurio is probably coming home with the Who Reg Award for Dallas and all of their fortunate givings last season. I think they're going to do pretty well, and I think Gurio probably won't see too much playtime. Personally. Hmm. thing is like sort of if you think about it like the most successful right 
implies like you're already sort of giving away who you're thinking will be a successful team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to think about this that way. Now, who are you is the OG backgetter. Like, arguably rivals Hurek in his ability to just, like, get trophies without doing fuck all. This man is a legend in getting bags and rings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the last time this guy was a, a top getter. player was Apex Season 2 Finals. Yeah. Then he got himself benched in Apex Season 3, became a champion there. Then, like, okay, fair enough. My dude popped off in contenders. Can't hate him for whatever he did on Funi. Definitely carried there. So, like, not hating on those rings. But then, man, come on. Like, this season, dude? Like, my, my dude is just, like, passively getting uh, mad accomplishments. So, I, I think there's no way to get past where you. I think I, I also have to double up there. Fair play. I mean, Who he are is, you twice? That's how hard he won this category. It's hard not to. He won it really hard. He is. Uh, a... So special mention probably from me again to Bebe, who's likely not going to get played over. Very true. Um, mm-hmm. Either the supports for Shanghai because they have Lee Jagon, Iziaki, who are just simply too good. Uh, it's unfortunate. And uh, I don't know. You guys have any other like special mentions for this award? I feel like there's a nebulous like fourth player on the spark that just like can't see playtime. Like they like it just is too wide of a DPS roster. Somebody's many, no, no, no. they have too many players. There's just somebody who's just gonna get left out and like forgotten. Like they're not gonna get invited to the Discord team practice. They're not gonna get like the, the syllabus or something. Like it's oh something's God. gonna get lost and they're just not gonna be able to be there or show up or maybe you know visa restrictions. You're telling who knows? Me. You're telling me Spark will sign Logics, not invite him to the team Discord, and just never talk to him again? You know, maybe. <laughs> this is what's gonna. It's possible. Mm. Yo, I wanna, uh, I wanna yeah. say something spicy to get the people going. You know, something like Rhina. So, I mean, do you feel strongly? Because you, because you, you assume Space will be the only one playing. Yeah, or... just like how how I assume like stuff will develop. I think like Glads will be pretty good. And then also, like, it seems like off tanks, like from what Jeff Goodman was saying, like, we're doing very well. If that yeah. continues, like, then it makes sense that Rhino would then be benched by Space, who's also a very good player. Sure. And it's also the thing that will get all the cool kids in their discords pissed off, which adds to the benefit. And I've eaten, I've done all of this without even mentioning any of Reiner's qualities, and that seems to be just about the hot take that like gets people very mad. Mm. So I, I feel like showing how the sausage was made probably made people less mad because you're trying to make them. Mad. Nah, they're still going to be mad. <laughs> I know my match, okay. Avril. What are you saying? Germans making sausages. Um, I was going to mention. This one's, I don't know. I think this one will come, has a high likelihood of coming true. Okay. And that is Krillin on Justice. Because mm-hmm. essentially, that's just a vigilante waiting room, is it not? True. Vigilante true. is underage, is regarded to be a better player than Krillin. They play the same role. And once vigilante comes of age, why would you play Krillin again unless you're doing double flex? But if supports suck right now, there's no, there's no way you're doing double flex in, in, a, in a meta where supports. Are getting screwed. 
So that I mean, there's a few things there. Like I don't know, it, it's hard. Uh, beyond that, I agree with you about those the Hangzhou talk. Like somebody, because they have three tanks. Somebody yeah. out of two people actually likely, but definitely one person out of Gushui, Liga, and Burner is probably never going to get see game time. One of those three tanks is going to be starting, and the other one's going to be coming in for specific picks, and then the third one is just simply not going to get played. Yep. So the fact they have three tanks is a fucking throw this season. I mean, unless they. Yeah, that you kind of are extra like giving away here that you think justice will be good though, right? Do they have to be good? I mean, the most successful bench player, you know. Where's uh, the success? All right, scrub it out. Scrub it out. You're right. Scrub it out. <laughs> scrub it out. Somehow it's going to be Pine again. I don't know how, but like someone's going to just pick him up, and then get he's never going to. Baby Ryan, leave it on Baby Ryan. Get get rid of Krillin. My bad. I fucked up. Get rid of it. Right. It also assumes Spark is good too, so yeah, that makes sense. Next. All right. Next category. Who's next. who's I actually don't know who's going. Who I'll wants take, to go? I'll next? take the next one. Okay, so now we have to do me, Joe, then Yiska in that order. Okay. Yeah. Uh so let's go for a beloved player coming in. He's a role player. Was signed last year, didn't actually see much playtime though. The one, the only, the Pine Cone, the Pine Award for the best role player coming in for the 2022 Crouchies, the award show where the points don't matter. Yes, I stole that line from Drew Carey. Should you care? No, eat my ass. Um, so <laughs> the Pine Award, I'm going to give my That's vote. So hostile, man. To Jinmu. Oh. oh. Yeah. So like th- this this is somebody who, like, with the details that we've talked about previous in the show, I think is somebody that could come in for the Chengdu Hunters as this nebulous in terms of role, but still, like, you know he's here for the funny hero. Uh, just like he always has, but Overwatch 2 is only going to amplify that to, like, the nth degree. I think there's some other players out there that could do could fill a similar role, but I think he's probably the best one. So my vote is going to Jinmu. Ah, uh, bro, I didn't even pick one here, and I don't even have an idea who, who, where to go with this. This is like, um, because hmm, 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 hmm. like like a role specialist kind of deal, right? Yes, yeah. and there's not many left if you think about it, right? Like the the Amongs, the the Chipsas, the okay. the DMs, the uh, the Pines, <laughs> the Pines. Yeah, what is the what was the diva uh, Farah player for Shanghai called in the past? Oh God, I'm blanking. Ding, ding. ding, yeah. Oh, ding. Like those type of guys are Gonski. So, hmm. Um. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, oh, this is really hard, bro. I think I think Jinmu is already a great choice because like he's. You want me un- to go first? Yes, please. Because <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the play you're gonna hate for forgetting about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my Pine this. Award winner is Venom. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Ah, shit. Yeah. Literal, literal tracer specialist being put onto the rain, mm-hmm. and he he is like the definition of like this guy's really fucking good at one here. Put him in the team, and um. You know, if Tracer remains good, which I, I think Tracer will probably be good, uh, it'll be that guy. But I also think Venom, you know, maybe there's some hidden stuff in there that, that yeah. he could be bringing out. That'd be pretty cool. But he is like 
like almost a definition of someone picked up specifically to play a very specific role in the team. So Venom is my pick. That opens up some some thought ways, some some ideas. Maybe there's another tracer specialist that uh is coming back. Ah, oh, fuck me, man. I kind of I kind of just want to meme it and say Rhino again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what role is he like, playing? He's, he's, he's gonna come at you. He's gonna be yeah, what no, the fuck are you? <laughs> He's a Ryan one trick. Like, what is it? What is it? It's not even true, though, as well. Like, my dude's probably just like cracked on Doom or some shit. Um, you don't, you, we, we've given you two great archetypes, and you, all you have to do is yoink and twist. Yoink and twist. Dude, like, I, I don't know who you were even like alluding to as like a tracer specialist that <sighs> is it like a soul player? Is it like stalker or some Chat. shit? Chat, please. Somebody in the comments. I know you're molding. Sam Yolby is dead, dude. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, he's yoked. Have you seen this uh, kid on Twitter? This uh, man's yeah. jacked. Yeah, that's... No, a- there's, there's a tracer specialist. Maybe did really well early on. Came from, like, an unknown Apex team. Is now coming back to his season one team. I am... Chat. I don't agree with that, Joe. I don't agree with that one. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to agree with it. I'm just saying, like... You've given him that archetype to go, okay, well, maybe this could be you played with. Hmm. It probably... I, al- mm. I also have a second vote, if you want, just to copy just say, my homework. Just say, just say copy, because he's only going to come into play Widow, that's it. That was another one of mine. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you guys are vicious. No. Um, Bro, Carpe's going to get benched, okay? I feel like Jim was already a great answer. I'm just going to copy your homework, dude. You could just say mirror. Nah, that mirror is not a bad one. <laughs> mirror is certainly is not a bad one, but Jinmu is a better one. Mirror is a hyperflex. Not sorry, he's not a hyperflex. I got. I'm the guy that gets really angry at people using that term. He's not hyper, but he's a he's a very flexible player. Yeah. Yes. I wouldn't actually put Mirror in that position. He's unless we are now defining people at, like Swiss Army Knife players as like their own special. It, I don't know. That doesn't seem right though because they're not actually specializing in a role. They're just like. A do everything kind of guy. It's like it's do everything, but it's like in weird, really odd areas. It's like, oh, we need Mira to play Zarya, and you know, for whatever reason, Adam can't. So many because there's just so many players that just can't play Zarya. <laughs> it's it's not that they can't play Zarya, but they can do other like the way that they are Swiss Army knife is not like re- relegated to their role so much as it's like they play Overwatch good. <sighs> Yeah. Any uh, honorable mentions here, or is I, don't, I think I think with the level that we struggled at, maybe not. I don't know that there are many uh, no. honorable mentions. It's tough because like we don't have like a good like no. drawing point to like start from to say, oh okay, like we can expect like this player to probably still only play like hit scans, but what if you know what? That's just standard. I I actually as a meme wanted to say, who are you again? Because I can see a very specific situation. <laughs> Huh? Just Genji. Like like... New... Yeah, just Genji, or like some new hero comes out, and yeah. for whatever reason, it just clicks with who are you, and he ends up getting playtime because of that. Yeah, that's so, fair. That's fair. Maybe I kind of. Whereas, like that probably won't exist for Bebe, but it might exist for someone like Who Are You. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Agreed. All right. 
Yes, you can't struggle now. You get to pick the next award. Okay, I, someone's got to tell me the award. I, I can't open uh, sheets right now because my... All right, okay, you're just, doing... Let me copy... The, no, 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 no. Okay. Copy-paste I me. Wanna, I'm going to copy-paste it, and he's going to choose from one of them. There you go. Oh, we're not keeping the... Okay. Um, mm, 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 mm. Ah, come on. That's my brand. And remember to explain okay. what the award is as well before you mention the player. So... <clears throat> I've talked about this concept in the past where it's like Jesus. there is a type of player that looks like gigantic in the distance. It's like cracking up in like clapping fools and contenders, like really like leaving an impression. We can't, all can't wait to see them in owl and then they are complete bust, right? So we have ever so aptly called this the flower award. The biggest letdown of a season, right? It doesn't have to be a rookie. Uh, it could for sure be, like, maybe a player that you, mm, like, was incredibly good last year, but also, you know, adapts badly into Overwatch 2, potentially. Stuff like this, right? And for that, now I have to come up with, with one after picking that category. <laughs> this is really hard. Really? You um, didn't- <laughs> you got to pick the no, category. He, you don't even. He, he thought he was gonna wing all this, and I'm like, bro, these are kind of tough. Um, got to think about some of these. Now, of course, it's Rana again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, you oh were supposed God. to hang on. No, 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 no. We're doing it again. Get, get rid of the Rana. We're doing it again. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I need you to repeat these words. I'm so glad. And this the award goes light. to, and then pause. You right. say, and the award goes to, and then you need to pause. Right. Um, let me. Um, mm, he doesn't understand the assignment. It's words, bro. It's just words. <laughs> and the award goes to, and then you pause. <sighs> you know, I'm I'm trying to come up with a new comedic effect, but my brain's just not working to that degree. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Now say the player. The award goes to. I don't have a player yet. You you said Reiner. Just say Reiner again. Oh man. No, but it's not the right answer. I feel like that's clearly not the right answer. Um, (sighs) I I believe that. Man, would it be? You you know how how spicy this would be if I just say proper. Oh. Man. Did you live with yourself, though? Just say it then. Yeah, say it then. Say it. You know I'm, I'm going to say proper. He's going to be the flower. He's going to be the flower of the season. I'm, I'm right. a, Jesus I'm going to say that proper. Is it, is, wow. it is not only because the expectations are so high. So if this guy is mid, we're already in flower region, right? Like Just like based on <laughs> the expectation set. At this rate, if he doesn't come first in the Overwatch League and yeah. win both Rookie of the Year and MVP, everyone's going to say that he was overhyped. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I feel pretty safe in this, actually. See? I should have... Right, at this rate, if he does win the entire season and gets Rookie of the Year and gets MVP, people will still say he was overhyped. Probably. Yes. So this is also a, a nomination where I'm like, I'm going to look like an idiot in a year when I have forgotten in, under which mode I made that prediction. 
So I'm future Yiska. I'm going to upset you with this one, but it's all good for for a good cause. And even worse, Reiner does flop. You're like, fuck. Should have just stuck with Reiner. <laughs> yeah, could it could potentially happen. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Okay. Well, that was painful. <clears throat> Thank you for that, Yeska. Now, no, no who, who next? On. Did you have one? Yes. Sure. Can you have a good right, one. Go then. Go on. <clears throat> Coming in. With a new lease on life. Dashed in purple. Coming in from a new game. <laughs> oh. Oh, fuck. Shit, that's go. the right answer. Fuck. I'm not sure about Patafan, boys. I don't <sighs> think a year off is going to do you any good. I think we've seen that in the past, and it certainly has put a hindrance on your performance. Patty, while very, very talented previously... I don't know if that Valorant stint is going to assist him this year as much as he probably will still see playtime. He probably will be very useful to the Gladiators, but I don't know if it's going to be up to the community kind of perception around him that he is this like prodigal DPS all-star that, you know, everybody wants him to be. I think he's going to be kind of, kind of okay. I'm such a fucking tryout in this. Man, this is this is the golden answer. I don't think there's a better answer for this. We'll see, Avril. Do you have any any nominees to oh, celebrate? Man. What if what if there isn't a better answer? I don't know. Shit. I mean, there's just some hyped up people out there that you know may could you know crash and burn. I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say Ans. Then I'll go to the other guy. Ooh. Okay, because um, because sure. man, you guys. I, are I think they're. Because there is still a, because there is still a world where he does flop, um, that is a bit of a gamble from players. Mm. Not saying he will, yeah. And I'm sure you're not saying that Patty will flop, no. But I think these are the type of players that could be a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. be a coin flip. And could now, and now, if Yiska changes his answer back to Reiner, we really are just picking on the gladiators. <laughs> We're like a bunch of the fucking stack of gladiators haters. We are. Uh, I'm already expecting bad DMs from that you know, crowd surrounding the Reiner. So, like, let's not lead too much into it. <laughs> Leave me alive, guys. Okay. The one nominating Reiner for everything. <laughs> the next... The next award we're going to give mm. away is the Packing Award. Or rather, I should say the Packing 10 Award, which goes to the, is it team or play? I think it's team, right? This is a team award. Yeah, yeah. The team that will do that we predict will do that will have the highest degree of success in context to the level of hype that they currently have, which is meant to be low, or you know their level of funding or their level of uh, budget. So basically, a, a team that outperforms their expectation. Mm. Right. So a team that does a lot with a little, with quite a little. So the Moneyball team or you know, whatever team just is able to get the most value out of an expected low performance. And so, without further ado, the award goes to the Florida Mayhem. As, uh, as Gumber is a proven coach with great scouting who knows how to get high value for less than what other people have to work with. And he's done it almost throughout his entire career as mm. in, in, in roster decision-making 
uh, area. So not going to include Boston in that because I don't think he was able to do a lot there. But in, in rosters where he does have roster control, he has done a lot in terms of getting high value. I also think Mayhem's a super slept on team as well. I, I know I've seen a lot of fan power rankings or just fan comments about Mayhem and they're like, oh, this is going to be the worst team in the entire league. And I'm like, I think they're sleeping on the team a little bit. You know, I, I think you got to give the team a bit more credit. Uh, I, they're, they're a team that have they're the team that can very easily be greater than the sum of their parts mm. from my perspective. For sure. Yeah. No, I don't hate Mayhem at all. Um, if anything, my vote kind of comes from like a similar line and, and maybe even familiar to uh, to Gunba's uh, history. I hope I'm remembering that right. Boy, I'm now questioning myself. Um, I'm going to copy and paste a lot of that and apply it to another coach. Um, but in the APAC region, I'm going to say the Valiant are going to uh, be the Peking <laughs> Award winner. <clears throat> I, I do put a lot of you know weight into their coaching staff. I still am yet to be you know super impressed with the players that they've signed. Um, I, I you know, we're still waiting on some confirmations of some you know reports, but I think overall, from where they were, what we can assume their budget is, this this team's probably going to actually do quite a lot with like the little like staying power that this roster really is going to have are they going to be incredibly successful probably not probably not but i think that still like says a lot to the like pedigree of this this like team this this culture this coaching staff that comes in and can like much like gunba does you know come in and kind of establish this this core of not misfits but just rookie players that have a lot of potential that you know has some good leadership behind them i i'm in in this in a very similar vein to the mayhem, I apply that that same concept to the value. Well, the thing is, okay, for me, like those were definitely my two choices, and I think there are hardly any other sensible ones. I guess you could mention Paris once again, who would have probably won the award for me last year. Um, now it's it's hard to compare. Um. I think maybe Guangzhou could also be mentioned as potential. I'm sorry, I think Spitfire and Titans will have a hard time once again this year, and they they're probably out of the running for me by comparison. Um, Boston is possibly also a team that could be in there. I think all the APAC teams probably have enough like resources to not necessarily qualify for this award. Mm-hmm. So. For me, it really comes down to mayhem against Valiant, right? And if I'm looking at the opportunities for each team to pop off, I would have to look at the schedule, but we're not trying this much. Um, I think it's more likely to be the mayhem, but that might also be because I perceive the mayhem... Uh, expectations to be extremely low while yeah. I have already convinced myself that the value will be mid-tier. So True. maybe that's not an expectation held by a lot of people um, and they would see like value getting lower mid-tier already as a huge achievement, which I probably wouldn't agree with. Um, or uh, would be decent, I, I guess. But not like, you know, 
uh, the the Valiant season two to season three type of shit, right? Right. Yeah, I think in for that reason, I gotta go Mayhem. I think in terms of like value creation, there's very few coaches that can do it like Gamba in the Overwatch League historically. Yeah. Um, true. and it's probably like also slept on coach. So that's definitely like they're just very smart about the selection process in general. Mm. Then again. I I I think it's a lot about momentum with that team as well. Um okay. so and let's not forget like there's there's a language barrier there to overcome. Yeah, it's I, I'm not sure uh where this is going with that team, but yeah, that that's that would be my pick here. Yeah. Joe, select the category. Play. Moving down the list. We're coming in this season. You know, we talked about a team draped in, in purple. Last season, they housed a particular player. That nobody saw coming. That uh, deserves his own award for how slept on both in one sense, entirely quiet, but kind of shaped, especially the end of their season, uh, the skewed award. Somebody coming in with almost negative expectations coming from, you know, Avril, you maybe you can comment on this. Not a particularly great I team. Did not, I did not have any expectations. Did you mention the player yet? Who the award is based on? Yeah, we're, we're talking about skewed here. This is the skewed yeah. award. No expectations for skewed. I was like, why did they get this guy? Right. So, and that's coming anyway, from somebody continue. who's like the the you know foremost authority on the region, or at least one of them, if not the, um, but entirely pops off and and you know is a dynamic force for the team, especially um, as it comes to a close. So, for me, the skewed award nominee slash winner goes to. I'm going with Hydron from the Florida Mayhem. This is somebody who, speaking with some of the casters and some of the people who follow NA, um, has been an offensive threat, and both in terms of you know how aggressive they are and how like impactful and game changing they are, but like almost to like a de- offensive degree. Like this is like candidate for like Tracer Player of the Year. From like just the hype around him, from just the like the domestic casters and experts, um, you know, best tracer, solid hit scan player. Again, you talk about Gunba. I I trust his eye for talent. I trust you know coming in from the Valiant, coming in from Boston. He has a good metric of like he has a good eye for players. So having that kind of confidence in him, ha- hearing all the things that I've heard from some of the experts in NA. Knowing that Tracer is actually going to be pretty good, or at least it is right now, per you know some of the devs and apparently Molly, whom I'm high on. Um, yeah, I'm going with Hydron. <laughs> I, I, not somebody who's like I don't think anybody's clocked outside of maybe some like NA contender stands. There's definitely names that kind of dominate the narrative, and I don't think Florida are going to be too too unhappy with how Hydron's performance is going to end up looking for 2022. So he's got my vote. All right, Jessica, okay. do, you, do you want to go uh, before me so that you don't end up stealing mine? I got a, I got a banger <laughs> of an answer, but I want. Yeah, I, I, I think I think I would have to s- probably s- like I think we would have the same. But go on, no, go on. Mine's, you mine's go. too good. You go. On. <laughs> Why? What do you mean? You... <laughs> I'm trying to save mine so you can't steal it. What you you go. <laughs> I have mine locked in. Uh, I know what I'm doing. Well, if, I'll even send mine now to Eric to prove that I have okay. mine locked in. 
Okay, you you here's the problem. What, what is Eric <laughs> doing with the thing? What is Eric? <laughs> okay, I I think there's a high chance that I'm going to take yours. Sure, maybe you will. Just say it. Okay, then I'm saying checkmate. Fuck! <laughs> I offered you all the opportunities, dude. I've offered you all the opportunities to take that shit from me. Like, oh, you motherfucker! Okay. Right. You. The thing is. The other th- name I would have strongly considered was Aldo, but in, in terms of okay. Checkmate, I think that's a player done dirty by history, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone's like, oh, this is a scuff play- tank player. No, no, it's not the scuff tank player. That's, like, the the guy that actually has some real potential down the line. And we'll see. I mean, we'll have to figure out how the mayhem generally work, but I think, like, that's, that's definitely, like, a player that... Um, that can convince beyond expectations because the expectations are fairly low, I think, across the board yeah. by the community. How are you feeling <sighs> right now? Go for, I have to go for someone different. I'm going to have to go for my backup answer then because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to just go for... I'm not gonna, I, I wanted to go for Checkmate as well, right. but I'm not going to just do a double up here. And uh, Eric can confirm because I did actually message him my answer, which was Checkmate. Um, so my backup answer is going to be Zest from Fusion. Mm. because I think that, generally speaking, people have hard underrated fusions all their rookies, to be fair. And I've begun changing the narrative on MN3 because he's actually fucking cracked. But people still are like, all right, we'll we'll take MN3, but, you know, Zest is still some fucking, who is this guy? But it's like, even Zest, man, Zest and MN3 as a duo is going to be crazy good. Zest also has such a complementary hero pool to MN3. I think it's not just individually they're both good. It's how they work together as a duo. Because they both cover Tracer really, really well. Which is something okay. Fusion lacked last year. All DPS players for Fusion, not a single one of them could compete on an elite level for Tracer. That's a huge problem in the APAC region especially. Um, you have MN3 who covers hit scans plus Tracer. And then you have Zest who covers... Your projectile slash flex plus tracers. So they have a very complementary hero pool to each other because what you want is both your players to be very good on tracer. So that no matter what the meta is, if it's tracer plus X, somebody can play the X. Mm. That's very important. You don't want to be Chengdu last year where to play tracer plus X, leave has to be on the tracer or you're fucked. Yep. That's an issue. Uh, and other teams would also be in that issue if they only have one good tracer player. But, you know, M and 3 Zest together is going to be really good. And Zest is hugely slept on because people just don't know him. People just haven't seen him. Same deal with MN3. People just didn't know him. Very slept on player. But because the narrative slowly changed around MN3, I'm not going to say him. I'm going to say Zest instead because he's still the slept on guy for this team. Mm. Good shout. Good shout. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Philly brings because, like you said, there's not a ton of community narrative surrounding them if anything it's very skittish very skeptical and everything that i'm hearing from you about mn3 is very very high still kind of unsure about what zest kind of brings to the table so enjoying enjoying some of the the downloads right go on Jessica. it's your turn again <clears throat> two more is it three two two or three more two more categories before the big ones okay so Throughout Overwatch history, there have been a couple of players that have 
not been on Overwatch League teams, even though they probably had demonstrated the quality of being on one in contenders or other uh, tier two uh, competitions. And the the sort of the main name to consider here is Kaiser. Now, of course, a legendary tank from the Apex um, from the Apex days. Like it was always. Initially, I would say pretty crazy that he didn't make it and then, like, kept being a very good tank on winning teams for some of his time and still didn't make it. And now, feasibly, it, it like, the tank role probably has also developed away from him. So, like, it was very unlikely to be the this for this to be the season where he gets in, given how competitive the, um, the situation is. Other, mm-hmm. like, past top names that, um, had similar situations are like Devin, you know, these types of players. It's not about players that can't ele- uh, get in because they're not eligible, of course. Right. Now, given that, I'm going to... I don't think it's one too outside of left field, but my winner... Give me some warning. Give me some warning. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Is Luke Mino. Now... I nailed it once. I got it once. Yeah, it was good. You guys are proud? Um, uh, you could use some polish, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> Rock and clock, correct, twice a day, whatever. whatever. Right. I'm also good, probably going to be outclassed by your uh, suggestions once again, because I'm not on the ball today. But, okay, <laughs> Luke Mino is a name that you constantly, over the last two years, heard being brought up as like one of the guys that made it into like the last couple of rounds of selections and... Mm-hmm. Trial processes and whatnot is is always like the guy that plays against the eventual pick in the trial process, right? And mm-hmm. has also been very successful in contenders, of course. Uh, currently on Marvel has always been around the crowd that won all the uh, the tournaments. Always made it close with his teams, but never quite got onto uh, an Overwatch League team. And it's it is yes a very competitive role that he plays, but you could argue that, especially in seasons where someone like Rolf was around, he should have probably been in the Overwatch League before. So, once again, like this year, it, I'm not sure if 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 it's as much of a snubbing. I think he's better than some of the choices that were take taken, but you also have to f- sort of fit into the scheme of of everything. Um, so, but in my estimation, Luke Mino is like the guy I'm looking at, going like, why is he not in Overwatch League right now? Mm. that's fair Avril do you wanna yeah sure I, I didn't limit myself to contenders players here mm. so uh, right. I think the definition of the award is like a player that probably deserves is, is good enough and probably deserves a place in the league sure. that yeah. has not been picked up right Um, and the number one player on that list is a very obvious answer this is the guy that the reddit always screams about is Moth and um, I think right. I, I actually do I agree you know don't always agree with the Reddit, but I do agree here because I think there is, a, especially now that we're learning that supports are kind of struggling, um, you can definitely see a world where Lucio is going to get played more because he is a kind of hero that can, can peel, can sustain, hard to kill, sounds really good in a, in a situation where supports aren't great. Um, and... You know, if, if he was one of the, he was a great, he is a great Lucio player. And I don't know, I assume he's still around, but this boy's been 
murmurs of like, has he quietly retired? He's not streaming Overwatch anymore. He's not logged in or whatever. Yeah. But um, I think there's a lot of teams that are missing a main support player that could really use someone like Moth. So mm. that discussion maybe opens again now. Um, and for now, yeah, he he has been kind of snubbed for the time being. So he's he gets my award. Fair. That's a that is probably. I think that's probably the golden one with some of the the, the nominees that I have. Um, I'm gonna go with somebody who actually I was very down on uh, when they first showed their Overwatch League debut. Um, but however, I've drastically changed course with my view on them. I'm gonna say Cleston. Um, this is somebody who. I think knowing at least some of like tertiary details, you know, listening to the devs talk, listening to, you know, some of the, the tank rumblings and, and, you know, Yuska's report. Um, I, I do think that flex tanks and in general are probably going to dominate, let's say the play time uh, this year. Um, and he was somebody that just on like early review of I don't even know if it was last season. Um, it may have been. I'm not sure. But some he was definitely Cleston was somebody who was like stand out in in their performance and was like drastically opposed to like his go chase Corey around the map, you know, antics on London in like what 2020. It feels like I don't know. The play gears kind of run together for me. So forgive me if that's wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I really think that Cleston probably deserves to be on a team. There's some other honorable mentions, but yeah, yeah. I'd I'd give a shout to Cleston for sure. I think shout I, out to Hoagies for pointing that out. You, I think you helped me with that one. So other honorable mentions by the same idea that we had with Moth are probably Sado, are probably uh Iko, who still had pretty solid performances overall, right? Like through the out the um entire situation right so yeah i don't know like these are definitely players that we can think about i'm not sure if there's any contenders korea talent that i could think of but generally like the overwatch league has been pretty good about like um you know just taking the most uh out of that region while neglecting other regions um I'm also not on the ball enough to know about an A if there was anyone else. Uh, I think I think Luke Mino was like a good shout. Um I think like the progenitor of this award, like even just talking prior to the show to kind of peek, you know, to peek behind the curtain. Um Sato was somebody who kind of like was the, you know, start yeah. of this. It's like where is Sato? Another name, like where is Ameng? Like Yeah. Yes, like it's difficult to warrant maybe like a ball specialist with not much else under the hood but when you look at a team like maybe the valiant where they still have to fill out some of their their roster right officially they have da innovation becky coldest lengsa is y'all playing are the reports true what's going on like where does this where's this gonna fit i feel like you need at least some representation when it comes to like main tanks and i feel like aming does a lot of good for that team in particular. So it's like, why is he kind of sitting on the outskirts when there are teams that probably could use him? Yeah. Even in creative ways. I mean, I guess, yeah, no. Hey, you can still see my camera, right? Okay, now you're, 
we can see you. We can also hear you, but it doesn't sound like you're coming through your uh, microphone. Hello? Yes. There you go. Okay, this works. Nice. The seamless transition from phone to desktop. That was actually pretty impressive. I just, yeah, I opened up my phone. I was like, I was like, I'm just going to call in. I'm like, you got to call. call her. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, Sorry, where were you guys at? I I interrupted. Kind of like mulling over honorable mentions. I shouted out Cleston. Honorable mentions thus far have been Sato, EQO, and I mentioned Mm -hmm. Ameng as, you know, potential outside shot. Um, Yeah. All pretty good. I I want to mention Ben Best actually, because he actually said. I I also confirmed this because I went to a stream recently. He actually said that he he received an offer this year for a team, but it fell through due to visa issues. Aye 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 aye. aye. And I think That'll last year as well. I think last year as well he got screwed by visa. He said he couldn't join a team because of a visa issue. Mm. So it's two years in a row now. Really upsetting. The interesting thing about what he said though. And he said this publicly on a stream, so I might as well. I, I assume it's fine to repeat here because he's already said it on a stream in front of three hundred people. So fuck it. Um, everyone thinks he got a he got an offer from like I don't know maybe Paris or some NA team. He actually got an offer from an APAC team. So one what? of the teams, one of the seven teams playing on APAC, actually gave Ben Best an offer that fell through because of visa issues. Uh, huh? That's fucking. That's crazy. Wait, who could it that be? Is, is it like, I mean, I feel like I feel like there's Philly? one obvious team. No. Philly, Guangzhou. Um, yeah, I feel like it's the Charge. But the Charge doesn't have Western no. players anymore, right? Charge. Not only do they not have Western players, they re-signed their tank duo. There is no space for a third tank on that team, yeah. unless you want to be stupid like the Spark. Spark already <laughs> have three tanks. Was this was this maybe like so so early on that like? Guys, it's clearly know. Sol. He was going to get there, but then Smith. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's fuck. It blew my mind. I was that like, is I double crazy. Like, that I'm is like, actually I'm like, crazy. Are you sure? Like, you're definitely an Asian APAC team. He's like, yeah. I'm like, holy fuck. Mm, he was either going to be in China or Korea this year, apparently. So how that's what he said. That's what he said. Um, can only be Philly, on right? I I can't imagine unless there was like a divide in like the road. For Philly, where they're like, we're not sure if we're going to do the T1 route, or we're not sure if we're going to bring back some of the Western players, so let's see what the yeah, visa situations are like, you know? What they, what they did is they, they got rid of Christopher and Funny Astro mm-hmm. and EQR, and then they just got Ben Best. <laughs> they got rid of everybody that was Western and then started and just decided to get Ben Best. I don't know. Is Maybe Valiant crazy Maybe. enough to do this? Uh, that's a no-hill question. I don't know. <laughs> There's no-hill crazy Because they're lacking that. tanks, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that could potentially be a no hill play. I, I wouldn't set it to zero percent chance. Huh. Jesus. That's a spicy one. Oh. That's one that flew under the radar. That's my scoop of the day. For huh? sure. How's that for journalism? That is that, that is a good one. Got a, got a fucking scoop. Um look at your interviewing so I, class I, I, as well in Jinmu. Yeah, I interviewed Jinmu recently. True. Uh, so I'm getting there. I'm getting some scoops. Anyway, whose turn is it? Is it mine? Yes. I believe so, yeah. Okay, last one. The final of the regular awards Yes, is the Decarry Award, which, as the name would suggest, is based on the player Decay, who carried the fuck out of both Washington and uh, Dallas. Uh, maybe 
plans. Not too sure. We'll just say Dallas and Washington at various points of his career. Mm. So this award goes to a, the player that has the most oversized performance in context to their team's overall expectational performance. So basically a player that completely outplays and outshines the expectation of the team. So they are, in some ways you could, you could say it's like the best player on a bad team, but I don't think it's as simple as that. No. I think it's a player that is putting up a huge performance um, that, that brings their team up to a level that wouldn't be possible unless this guy was omega hard carrying, right? Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Um, almost like the decay Zarya, you know, playoffs run from 2020 where Washington probably don't get anywhere close to that. If, if the K doesn't go full the carry mode. Right. So, um, now I have to think of a player because <laughs> I'd had a player, but the problem is as I was making the description, I'm like, fuck, does my guy fit that bill though? <laughs> does my guy fit that bill or not? <laughs> I'm going to say, all right, all right, I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to stick to it. And I'll, I'll explain. The Dakari Award from me goes to Checkmate. Because uh, I've said already that I think uh, Florida are a very slept on team. Well, I think they can actually have a good performance. And if they do, I expect someone like Checkmate to lead the way. This guy has mad potential. I've seen what he can do in contenders. Um, and all the people that underrate him haven't seen what he can do in contenders. Um, this The reason why I know he's capable of this is because he comes from that Oz Gaming roster. That same fucking Oz Gaming roster that skewed in Friday. Right. And who was the other one? Was another one, was there? Basically, you know what? You know the one I'm talking about. It's yeah, the yeah. roster that like really should have no success. Really should just be like getting Omega rolled. But for some reason, mm. just... You, you, well, for some reason, people pick them up. People picked up players from this team. Um, and I've seen players like Checkmate completely outperform and is, is part of the reason, you know, they don't win. They, they, they clearly sucked and they didn't win. But Checkmate still unbelievably carried this team at various points and did super well uh, despite them just getting rolled repeatedly. They went 0-4 in their group in contender season 2 Korea. And if you actually look across their team, there's some good names on this team somehow. You have Skewed, Develop, Zest, Checkmate. Four players on this team. And Friday, who made the league, who did fucking nothing. This team was garbage. Absolute garbage team. And yet somehow their individuals were like kind of insane. And one of those insane individuals is Checkmate. And I've seen this guy carry the fuck out of a team that really had no business doing anything. Mm. That's a good one. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to see Checkmate actually in his element, not playing second fiddle to somebody like Yaki, who, let's face it, probably isn't going to see much bench time. Yeska, uh, did you have a name that you wanted yeah. to kind of throw out there? Okay, go ahead. Take it. I think that's one correct answer, and you're going to hate it. Because it's not going to hurt his soul. For third Doctor season Zane. in a row, it's going to be... It's it's not for the third season in a row that this player will do it, but for a third third season in a row, his team will underperform their uh, potential. In order for them to get anything done, this guy needs to carry the fuck out of this team, mm. and it's going to be shy. Oh, 
Okay. okay. And as soul-shattering as it is that this guy once again needs to put on his carry pants and drag these, like this team of corpses over the finish line that are actually luxury corpses, and none of yeah. them should be bad, they somehow still will be, making, like competing probably against the Valiant uh, in, in a harsh battle over, over the season. And if they get past the Valiant, it's probably because Shy is monstering. Uh, the opposition. So my pick mm. is Shy. I, I can test that a little bit because I think Hangzhou's roster on paper is much better than Valiant's roster on paper. Sure. Sure. Probably undervalues Alpha Yi on that team a little bit as well because I think Alpha Yi's got a lot. Mm-hmm. He's, this guy can come in with a lot of firepower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely somebody who... I rate pretty high. Um, much in the same way I thought you were going to go with this player um, when you were kind of building that up. Uh, somebody who I think comes from a team who woefully uh, has seen a lot of turmoil over these last few seasons um, and is finally coming back to the league after being held in visa jail. Uh, my shout is Shockwave for the Vancouver Titans. I think they're going to lean on him quite a lot this season and is he's going to need to be, much like you're kind of prescribing to Shy. This the spearhead, this the sword of the Vancouver Titans to actually get things done. Yes, you have somebody like Aspire, but is is what we saw last season what we can expect? And is there anything more under the hood that we can actually see? Um, yes, he can play Tracer. He played it on a fantastic, you know, at a pretty high level on a team that you know was kind of all over the place. Uh, I expect Shockwave to be doing a lot of the the flexing around, the adapting, the kind of the glue piece, but to a very very high degree. So, yeah, I'm going to say Shockwave is going to be decarrying the Titans. Honorable mention from me goes to Choi Sehwan from Gongjo Charge. Yeah. Because, again, not a lot of huge ex- expectations for this team. And Choi, I think, last year already fell into this role. Uh, he, he he would have been a decarry title contender last year as well, yeah. next to Shai. Yeah. It's both these Joe teams. They were the best players on their respective Joe teams. And Choi Sehwan, given that Gongjo is mostly the same team, um, I have high expectations that he will be a player that heavily outperforms his own team's expectation and kind of drag his team across the line if if, he, if required because he already did that last year. So he'd be my honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Mm. Any other to carries? Just say Pelican. <laughs> I mean, Just that's... Pelican on that yeah, one. that's not... I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. I mean, I am... I like it. the Houston Outlaws. Is this weird to like think? This is like coming off the like the dome. This feels like a like a legitimate like definitive hot take for me. Do the Outlaws feel like the spark of NA? Nah. Like they they have a lot of luxury pieces, but like I don't see this team like doing all that great. I think that won't be that bad. They were quite good last year. I think they probably generally upgraded. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, they were quite good and still missed playoffs. Yeah, they were a top five team. Yeah, get the memes out. Lol, lol, lol. Bunker. Get the bike helmet. But, bro, they lost to the Justice. Justice? Yeah, yeah hang oh. on a second. Does Decay get to win his own award? Yes. Or- <laughs> That's an honorable mention for sure. <laughs> you have to. to win his own award or not? I, I guess you kind of have to. You kind of have to. Yeah. Decay doesn't even get to win the Decarry award award anymore. Imagine that. Imagine a world where that happens. <laughs> oh god. 
see, I, I understand if Skewed is not allowed to win his own award because everyone now rates Skew quite highly. So yeah. by definition, he can't win his own award. But Decay surely could win his own award again. Yeah, I mean, um, Justice, do we expect him to be fantastic? Ooh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I wouldn't put Decay high on priority. I would still put some of the, our, our, yeah. our other picks. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Decay has the capability to be that guy. So, moving on. I'm almost, so that, uh, I'm almost very close to being toxic, dude. I kind of want to say Yaki. That was... That was gonna, yeah. You think NY's still going to be average and then Yaki's going to be that force of nature carrying them through? Maybe. But it's hard to say. You think Yaki's going to be the tugboat pulling this cargo ship along? I mean, I, I hope it doesn't come to that, but maybe, you know? Uh, uh, yeah, I, but that's definitely the least likely of all the names mentioned. I Glista? still think it's going to be shy. Uh, Glista is also a good one. Um, yeah, probably over Yaki, actually. Yeah. My boy, all alone. Even though I will say... Like, Naga didn't have bad performances last no, year, right? Naga was actually pretty good. I was genuinely impressed. Yeah, he was, he was, he was. His Echo did a lot of work for that team. Oh, yeah. Echo, Thara, um, Vickery wasn't horrible. No, nah, I think, like, maybe on second, yeah, second thought, maybe Glista won't be that. Because, like, I've been waiting for, like, the Glista grand pop-off to take yeah. his place as, like, a top five DPS in the league as his talent should allow him to, but he just hasn't been able to, and I... I kind of have to stop being a little believer here. Like I gotta, I gotta face the facts, you know. I think um, Dia on Valiant. I I still think Valiant are likely bottom in APAC, even though I think they've made gigantic improvements. Don't get me wrong. This is a team that are gonna, they are gonna win games. But can they escape seventh place? And I think if they are, Dia is gonna be a big factor, right? So uh, I, I put Dia on that honorable mention as well. There's actually a lot of honorable mentions. To be fair with you, we've named quite a few players. So, should we get into the big boy categories now? Yeah. Yep. All right. Do, these have to be done in, in the specific order. order listed in, so, you yes. have to do these. Um, and um, maybe a little bit of explanation for the specific, um, what do you call it? The specific uh, caveats? Context, ca- caveats, context behind it as well. Mm. Um, cool. All right. Who's gone? Who's doing it? I'll take it? it. I'll take the first of the three major awards. Special, gonna play the music again. You're allowed to start. Fair enough. The 2020 Crouchies would not be possible if not for our 2022 graduating rookie class. And the standout among them will be crowned Rookie of the Year probably sometime in the fall of this year. I don't know when. We don't know. Just, you know, sit tight and quit your bitching, okay? Like, we'll get there. Um, many rookies of the years have gone on to do in, you know, massively great things. And this year, I don't suspect that uh, that will change very much. As the Crouchies Rookie of the Year for 2022... At the caveat. Is not proper. We all... We all agree that we're not going to choose proper because that's just a little too easy. Uh, I'm going to go with Aprita for the Chengdu Hunters. Okay. 
So I, I'll explain a little further about the process. So we we all it, it is it probably is going to be, we all would pick proper. It probably yeah, is going to be proper. It's just too easy. Uh, we we've made this we've made this award a little bit more difficult because otherwise it's just going to be every all three of us picking proper. Yeah. So okay. of the players that are most likely could get it that are not called proper, Joe's gone with a Pritter, and now he's going to explain a Pritter. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is the plug and play carry for the Chengdu Hunters that have you know been woefully absent that has been woefully absent when you look at last season yeah is it taro cookie no is it jimmy no jinmu barely got it over the, the the finish line for all his misgivings in some areas uh you can't clone leave so the second best is to take this you know team chaser prodigy that they've kind of stole from flag gaming i mean stole's a little strong let's face it like it was like sure it was a pay money i'm sure there's I, a, there's a i'm certainly there. hoping so because, I mean, he deserves it. An incredibly talented player. Him and Monk come with some some synergy from their time on flag. And is is like the perfect, you know, uh, pairing. Uh, the, the Robin to leaves Batman, if you will, right? Like, this is the duo that Chengdu need and that the Overwatch League deserves. And that's why he's going to be the rookie of the year who isn't rhyme with uh, Hopper. I don't know. My humor's we'll, give great, the, folks. we'll give the next one to Yiska because I have better context on the rookie, so we'll make it easier for Yiska here. I'm going to pick one of yours again, and you're going to hate me for it. It's fine. I got a long list of them, so. Okay. Go on. <clears throat> well, actually, am I going to... No. No. I'm going to steal one of yours. Um. Again, I'm okay with that. I have a long list of them, so. Go on. <laughs> my choice of rookie of the year that won't be proper... It's going to be MN3. Now, that's a dude that I think a lot of people just have an idea that this is, of course, like a crackhead, definitely a little bit in the shadow of proper. Um, but it's it's weird because it, sh- it feels like it shouldn't be by a lot. It's also on a team that probably is going to be uh, fairly underrated. It is going to be hard becoming Rookie of the Year unless you're on a team that does pretty well, which is a, a risk I'm willing to take here because I generally thought Philly to not be as good this year. Maybe I will eat a Crow without it take, though, because um, I feel like MN3 could even be a nominee for one of the prior awards. But may just maybe Philly is good enough to not make him uh, uh, a person for the Decarry Award. I think generally speaking, like that's that's a dude that in any other year where it isn't proper, we would think of him like a rookie talent like Pelican. Um, in that he's just like the the clearly one of the elite people coming into the the season, and as much as Pelican was overshadowed in coming into the Overwatch League by coexisting with Proper. It's sort of... It's not a coexistence, but it's like a co-emergence of MN3 coming into the League in the same year as Proper. But it probably shouldn't... Like, we're talking not enough about this kid. So, hence why, if I can't pick Proper, it has to be MN3. Okay. And now I'm going to dig into my... um... My bag oh, of huge list of rookies I'm gonna pick from. Get ready. Oh, at random. Oh, that's advertisements. Pay us. 
Yeah, <laughs> 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 Yo, if we land a fucking McDonald's. Oh, envelope. Oh, it's got an envelope. Oh my god. In the winner. Do they have these at McDonald's, dude? And the winner is from my. And I'm not going to copy anyone else because there's, there's enough rookies for me to choose from. Is Stalker from Soul Dynasty. Mm. Good shot. Because yeah. uh, there's a real shot this guy could get playtime this year. Like, like seriously. Uh, it, it will be hard for him to fit in against Profit and Fitz. This is more of an outside pick. It will de- heavily depend on how much playtime he gets. Right. Heavily depend. And... He is one of those guys. Actually, this this guy could he would have been he would have been an easy winner of the Dakari Award. Looking at contenders, obviously he's not going to be for Sol when they're stacked and they're expected to do well. That's just not the case. But if he on Gen G, he he is like the literal Dakari of contenders on Gen G, a team that just utterly fails. But this guy is just unreal on that team. Um, yeah, I, I think Stalker's got a lot to play through. He he is a very cracked rookie. But um, his team is very stacked as well, which is both good and bad, because good meaning that his team will likely do well, have good results. Um, and typically these awards, MVP, Rookie of the Year, blah, 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 they go to players on teams that have good results. So Chengdu would have to do well. Fusion would probably have to do well, I would have to say, for this to go to them. I think we have a history of Rookie of the Year going to players that have had good performances, right? Mm. Uh, sorry, have, have been on teams with the good performances, starting with Jonak, Wait, was Jonah? No, there was no rookie that no, year. It was Hawksall. It was rookie. Yeah, so that Titans, really good team. Alarm, Fusion did well in, was it 2020? Have you got it? Fusion did well in 2020. That was probably one of their best years that wasn't coming mm-hmm. second in the uh, grand finals, right? Because they actually went to finals for some of the stages and Alarm was cracked. Um, Pelican, Atlanta, second place. Uh... So when I combine the factors of like what team is likely to pop off and have good results... Mm-hmm. And then who is a rookie on that team that could also pop off and have good results? To me, it lands on somebody like Stalker, but only if he gets playtime. That's that's the asterisk. That is a True. big fucking asterisk because I don't know how much playtime he'll get, but if he does get playtime, I think he will do well. All right. <clears throat> uh, no honorable mentions for this one because uh, uh, time is an issue. This has already got to be a four-hour episode. So uh, next up, I'm sure there's a lot, there's a lot of rookies on the list, guys, uh, that we could mention, but we're just going to move on anyway. MVP. I guess Yeska will do the MVP. There are a few chosen players who will leave their mark on a season. Who leave a stamp on how this game is generally played and understood to be played. Who define matters. Who defy matters. And who generally figure out Overwatch at a level that was previously unprecedented. Now, for my choice of MVP, I'm going to defy my own principles that I've set up through the other awards. (laughs) And I'm going to say, proper. And now set. Sorry. Proper. Okay. You are really Continue. bad at this. <laughs> I am. Um, Continue. I am. Um, um, I mean, yeah. Let, let's be honest. Like, it's almost a... We, we feel like we need to counter-jerk to a degree, right? Like, 
when everyone's just like super hyped, <laughs> like people in our position are just like, you know, we are actually smugly more correct than you guys are. Nah, nah. I think the hype is pretty warranted for this kid. I think it stands to reason <clears throat> that the um, that the San Francisco Shock are going to be a major player coming into the next season. I think they have upgraded big time with that squad. I think Krusty has something to prove to himself. I think he's pretty good about finding out uh, stuff uh, about the game as evidenced with a season three victory. I think there's there's a lot to be said about this kid. I think he understands what he has in him. This is just like, this, this has to be like your story. And the only reason why this won't won't work is that either either the shock don't hit or i will say there has been a ongoing trend where like monsters are not hitting in year one Mm. and i hope he doesn't fall into the mag category because mag was sort of like proper last year in in terms of the hype that we perceive for him proper is definitely like a probably an order of magnitude higher Still above, yeah, 100%. But, like, Mac was the most looked forward to rookie. And while he, I don't think he shit the bed, he wasn't able to, like, be transformational for his team, right? Mm-hmm. So... It, com- it comes down to how much you, do you trust Krusty, right? How much do you trust Krusty yes. to keep his team together and, and to develop proper into an MVP? Now, I feel like with all those O2 guys coming in and knowing the previous connection for, of, from Krusty to that team, it feels like a moon moment. Where he now, ha- like, he has been investing in that team. He has already reaped a little bit by getting Violet. Now he has brought all the systems together. And, like, while I, I don't know for sure how much uh, influence he had on Proper's career, it still feels like there's something to coming together. And now is where we could theoretically see the Magnum Opus um, created. Nice. So we'll, we'll see. But Proper is probably the highest probability for me. Uh, I got one, unless you want to go. Uh, I mean, I have one as well that isn't named proper. Um, but I th- I think we may uh, be overlapping, personally. Um, really? It's possible. I think I Do may have, have a, a pattern here. I have a backup. Um, Do you have a backup? I don't, but I can come up with one. I'm not. If you don't have a backup, you should probably go first. All right. So, to kind of give a disclaimer, or maybe even a foreshadowing of uh, who I think uh, will end up winning the league, um, I have a triple crown, personally. Um, You can glean from that what you will, because I think this year's MVP is going to be Leave. Oh my god. Leave again? The back to back, the two the back time, to back. the two shit. time, and the triple crown for me. And I, I think the other two, no, I think maybe. Wait, what would be the? Out. What's the third crown? Well, if there's three major, you know, awards we're giving out today, and I've already said a Prit is going to be rookie, and I say Leaves going to be MVP. There's only one more award to give out. Oh my god! Oh. Shut up! Shut up! Oh. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh yeah, this is too many spoilers. Yeah, hey, keep going, keep going. Not spoiling a thing. I think, I think, based on how much I rate Chengdu and how much I rate Leave personally, right? This is somebody who, like, statistically defied logic. Like this kid's nuts. This kid's cracked, and he's been cracked 
since fucking the Asia premiere in like God knows how long in MY, right? Like <sighs> we've been singing this kid's praises for years and it's finally coming to fruition that like he's 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 a different breed. He is a different beast. I wouldn't still be surprised. Still different. He he yeah. As much as that's a cliche meme at this point, it, it fits like a glove and he might as well wear it. it, it I don't see it abnormally. <laughs> Alternative. Very much so. <laughs> Leave Leave is going to repeat his performance and probably do you're talking about order orders of magnitude. I think he's going to do like a level up than you know what he was doing last year, right? Like I think this is gonna be different. I actually have a different answer, so I get to still okay. do my first pick, which is fantastic. I'm gonna bring the envelope so for all the big awards, I'm gonna use the envelope. Mm. And and definitely I'm definitely not pulling out a receipt. From an envelope <laughs> with uh what did i buy on this receipt i'm curious and the winner of my crouchy award for mvp of the year those two han bin from the dallas floor <coughs> holy shit that made you cough oh so good it made you cough. He finally gets a fucking award <clears throat> shout out um, reason why is I think this is a, a, a huge year for tank players. Obviously, we're going down to one tank. Major impact for tank players overall. Dallas is already a great team. I was going to say low-key. It's not even low-key. Like Dallas is just one of the favorites for the year because they were so fucking good last year. Like Why would they not be? They're super flexible as a team. have a lot of different options. Um, they've made upgrades. Chio is better than, better than Jexus. So I, I do believe that this team has huge momentum to get a high result again. So take that, people who think I'm a Dallas hater. I think your team is one of the best teams. Um, and I think one of your players is going to be MVP this year. And as we all know, I decide who the MVP is. So if I'm saying it now, then uh, he's basically already won. Um, just have to wait for the tweet. The tweet The tweet really sends it home. Once I've made the tweet about who I think MVP is, that's when the player, like, you might as well give him the trophy right there. Um, <laughs> so so Harmbin, the reason why I say Harmbin is because I think, I think Tank's going to be obviously super important this year. Um, and tank gameplay, I think the tank diff is probably going to be more apparent this year than any year because there's no off tank. Tanks are more, you know, we, we can only assume uh, based on knowledge that we know and based on the fact that you can you can pretty easily gleam into the fact that if you only have one tank, your one tank better be fucking good. Um, you Tanks are going to be so important and they're going to be big playmakers. You're Doomfist now, that's a tank that can just punch in and out and do some crazy shit. Um, your tank plan needs to be fucking good and needs to gap the other tanks. And it's going to be more obvious this year when you see tank gaps than any other year in the league. I promise you that. That's my honest opinion. And if that, and if there's, and if I'm wrong, if tanks cannot easily gap other tanks, and it's not obviously visible, then Overwatch has failed as a game to really show itself off properly as a as a as a game because you know you've you failed the tank role. You have failed yeah. the tank role. If this is the year that you still cannot get big enough performances from Tank, yeah. that they are like front and center in attention. Holy shit! You just Tank. captured my soul with that explanation. Limelight, limelight is limelight is on the tanks this year, hundred mm. percent. And I think the best tank player is going to get MVP. And I think the best tank player right now is Harbin. No soul. shit. Yeah. I I, I cap you not. I cap you not. I think the best tank player in the world is Harbin, and. I think automatically best tank is going to get MVP this year. That's why I pick Hamid. Okay. That's a great pick, dude. The thing is, uh, 
if I had didn't say proper, I actually had someone else in mind. And I feel like it's long time coming. Bro, someone someone's like he's too good. Lips too special, man. Like lips gotta get it. Some some of these days, right? We're not going to not have a player of his caliber <laughs> not have an he's, MVP award. Leonardo DiCaprio chasing the Oscar. It, it isn't he? Like this is like <laughs> He's got the Golden Globe. He's got the Playoffs MVP already, right? He's got the BAFTA. He's still looking for the Oscar. It's like, and I hope he doesn't get it for like a, a movie at, like as good, <clears throat> not great as The Revenant was, you know? Like when the MVPs catch like their <laughs> MVP season, yeah. <laughs> when, when they actually was, weren't like the best. It's the worst when it's like, oh yeah, Lip kind of deserves one, man. We have snubbed him, but like, there's some other guy on his team that who's like super cracked, and you're not giving it to him because Lip now deserves it on some dumb shit. No, I think like Lip is very special in what he's able to do. Um, like, God forbid if this kid is being let loose as a tracer from what we've seen as well. I don't know. Like Shanghai is once again one of the teams that could definitely get in there. I think there's an. It was a very good argument for him last year. I think he has to be in pole position, still hungry to get it. I think Lip is is probably also one of the guys. Yeah. But I I I felt very touched by your explanation of Hanbin because that makes mm. a lot of sense to me as well. Mm. I th- I have thought about it a lot, and to be clear, I was not going to pick proper or leave, so I got my number one pick, no with no yeah. exception. Hanbin is my number one pick with no exception. Mm-hmm. At at the moment, I haven't fucking seen anyone play the game yet, so I'm right. just I'm spitballing right. right now. So don't take, don't give them the trophy. You see, at that that 100k, you you might want to just keep that in the bank for now until we see some gameplay. Don't don't give mm. them the trophy before we've started a single fucking game or anything. But yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm looking at him, you know. I've I got the goggles out. I, I've got the telescope out, and I can see it. I can see it. Right. <sighs> okay. Last category. Uh, the song is running out, so we're not going to delay too long here. So, uh, final category is going to be Team of the Year or the Championship Team of the 2022 season, the team most likely to win. Um, apparently, we've decided to say not Shanghai. Or, I don't know. I don't know if we were all going to say Shanghai. I think we've somewhat. I don't know if we want to keep that or not, but we've 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 we mentioned in the notes that it wasn't going to be Shanghai because. Apparently, we would all go for it, so I guess I'm not choosing Shanghai. Um, the team that I think has the best chance of winning this year, their roster looks cracked. They look ready to go. They look, you know, shaken, baked, and nothing to really hold them back. No obvious glares, no obvious weaknesses. Strong in all positions. Strong in the staff role as well. Um, and have proven themselves to have a lot of excellence. So without further ado, I'm going to open the envelope while the drum roll is going. If it wasn't obvious already, the Dallas Fuel, because uh, we gotta clap quickly. Gotta do the applause, uh, and because their team is already cracked, they've already proven they have what it takes to make it super deep from last year's run. Uh, third place, you know, maybe you replay that Atlanta match a few times. I could see For them sure. beating Atlanta. You play that match ten times. I could see them beating Atlanta maybe seven out of ten times or six out of ten times if you want to be more charitable to Atlanta. Um, oh yeah, I think they will. I think they, they, you know, they. That's that's not some fucking copium. And again, I'm uh, people think I'm a Dallas hater. It's not some fucking, huh? 
I'll grant you that. Now explain how they beat Shanghai. Um, well, you've you've told me I can't pick Shanghai. <laughs> right. I forgot about that. So that's that. how they beat Shanghai. <laughs> because you can't pick them. <laughs> so there you go. That's your answer. Um, oh, I've already mentioned. I've already mentioned that the MV, I think the MVP is on this team yes. as well. Yes. Uh, their DPS line is covered. Yeah. Granted, not a lot of hype behind Edison or Guerrero, but hey, no doubt to I don't no doubt to uh no no reason to doubt Rush is what I'm trying to say. You know, Rush he I feel like he knows what he's doing. I feel like this guy if if Rush was gonna if Rush wants to put a player on his team, I feel like he's doing it for a reason. Yeah. Because the other thing is Dallas are not the type of team that struggle to get players i'm sure any korean player would love to join dallas or just any player generally western or korean or what so it's not like you know it's not like they they shopped around and like oh all these like fantastic rookies or good players just like nah i don't want to be on dallas they would fucking love to be on dallas pay well really good team great coaching staff why the fuck would you not want to be on dallas it's like a dream team but if rush so given that understanding Rush has the pick of the letter, and if he's choosing Edison Guri, he's done it for a reason. I don't know what it is, but he's done it for a reason, and I can trust that personally. So I give I give Rush my benefit of the doubt there, coach of the year from last year. Uh, even you know you're allowed to think it's a bit of a Mickey Mouse award, but he's he's I think he proved himself over the matters of of what he's capable of doing as a coach. Uh, they've plugged up the holes. Fearless Harmon still cracked. Chio Fielder, Chio's an upgrade over Jexer. Fielder still cracked. Chio is actually also really good, by the way. One of the um O two supports that is really highly rated uh still have doha sparkle i mean all the pieces that worked last year are still there and then they've just plugged in the gap so i don't see weaknesses on this team on either the roster or the staff members is why they get my vote yeah joe you want to yes, get me to go yeah this is a hard one dude i'm gonna I'm be honest like the runner-up like the reason we shouldn't say Shanghai is because last year we said we sh- we sh- shouldn't. Sh- so- Jesus Christ, I'm having a stroke. We shouldn't say <laughs> uh, shock because they got back to back wins, and it felt like okay, that's the easy one, right? Like shouldn't yeah. go with that one. I feel like given the dominance that Shanghai had last year, yeah. like it's it's going to be the obvious one, and it would be my pick. Um. Most definitely, was I allowed to uh, pick a, a team? Now, given that I remember that I'm not allowed to pick another team, I'm going with a shock. Now, as as I am, triple like, crown exp- baby, <laughs> triple crown baby. Um, as I'm explaining, like, I feel like a lot is coming together with the shock. They have clearly, like had had this thing system running for a while they've like bought into the o2 system mm. a lot of the players it's not just proper man it's like they got a lot of the good guys generally from contenders i think some of them will just probably not play a big role looking at sam specifically i don't think like um that's a player we're going to see a lot i hope he doesn't get tired to the same degree but in general, this roster, Jesus Christ, is it stacked, right? Um, I think we're we can expect like great performances from um, 
from everyone the the one question i have is like towards the tank role but i'm not overly concerned there i think this is the the, the season where super can like really entrench himself in the uh hall of fame for overwatch like certainly first ballot mm. i think he has shown to be crazy uh flexible in that ability as well having having had a wide range of heroes he can play in roles um, I think that's sort of going to be required here. I think the the retirement of Choi is a big hit, but not one that they can't overcome. Um, and overall, I think like after two victories, you're probably running on fumes for motivation. If you lose it then and don't make it to a Y once, and I'm not counting when I'm saying like not to a Y once, like uh, playoffs are gimme, come on. Yeah. Like, they now are hungry again, especially with so many new players. They exchange a bunch of players, all of them wanting something to prove. Arguably, in my opinion, the best coach at their disposal. This game team is going to pop. And I think, like, if you can't say Shanghai, the highest probability of making it second is probably going to be the shock. Interesting. Interesting. Krusty yeah. versus Rush versus Moon. There you go. That's that a battle. Is, I mean, that battle. is a battle. That is a heavyweight fight that I think I may spend $60 to pay per view. So, so now that Joe's about to say his pick, it's going to be Krusty versus Rush versus Moon versus... Ri- oh, wait. Oh, wait. That isn't... Yeah. There so who's your pick? I mean, that is, that on, is a fair... That is a fair criticism of this team. However, I think I can, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu my way out of this, maybe. Um, but yes, if, you know, if my my ballot has a triple crown in the major awards, I, I have a pretty winning rookie of the year based on Chengdu's performance. <laughs> I have leave winning, you know, MVP of the season mm-hmm. based on Chengdu's performance. Is it too outside the chance uh, or the realm of possibility to see Chengdu as the eventual winners of the inaugural mm. season of Overwatch 2? Now, let me sell you this bill, okay? One of the big downfalls, one of the big pitfalls last year for Chengdu was that that dedicated hitscan tracer DPS that they just did not have. We talked about this. We talked about Aprita, right? Not only is he filling a massive gap, they really haven't shed any talent, right? You're still getting Monk, fantastic flex DPS. You're still getting two of the best main supports in the league. You still have Gaga. You still have Nisha. You still have Ivetel out of two way, but regardless, right? Like this team has not only retained most of their solid pieces, but they've also added a, a glue that brings it all together. And it kind of, it, at least on, you know, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like it has too many holes just in terms of a roster. On top of that, right, you have Jay Field coming in as an assistant coach, right? I think he's shown a pedigree with London in season one. He's shown a pedigree prior to that with GZ mm-hmm. Busan. I'll double check that, make sure I'm not speaking out of my ass. No, he was, was he Kongdu? Yeah, he was a GZ Busan Kongdu. Okay, yeah, I'm right. Um, this, this, he's a championship winning coach. Like he, he has what it takes to win major titles. I think he brings, that mindset to this team on top of that. Yes. Ray's not here anymore. That that's, that is a blow. However, in the assumed, and I'm assuming here, the assumed head coach role, I'm guessing is probably Creed. If I'm going to be honest, somebody who has not only played under Ray going back to MY, 
um, but has had other coaching experiences going back to the charge. I think he's going to still bring that air of creativity that Ray has kind of established with this team to kind of think maybe outside the box, maybe utilize Jinmu, maybe try to flex, leave around to maybe even be role fluid. Maybe even playing some of these flex tanks if Gaga kind of is struggling in some ways. I have a, a sneaking suspicion that this team is going to come out in front with some odd stuff, much in the same way that maybe Rush has um, in the West, and is is going to kind of take the league by storm using a lot of the things that Ray established with this team. Um, so yeah, in in all of my all of my confidence, I think this is this is Chengdu Bob era. This is this is the era of the panda, and I think you know outside of the Shanghai Dragons, whom I would have also picked, uh, I'm going to say. Chengdu Hunters wins. Yes, yes, go. Can, can I, Chinese fans, I plead to you. Don't fall for this man. <laughs> don't, fall, don't, don't take his hope. He's extending look at his, look at his hope. brain. He's, he's extending hope to you in order to seduce you, right? He wants to be the, the guy in the right window frame to you guys. No, no, he's a brother, in, he's a brother on the far right. Not the lower right, the far right. Brother on the far right. <laughs> this is a little too dark for me. Don't take the bait. He's known to do this. It won't be backed up. Look at the evidence. It is Chengdu in an uneven season. Ooh. Look at the evidence. Oh. It's, a, it's Chengdu oh, in a season without Ray. Ooh. It's Chengdu in a season where APAC is once again like everyone's gearing up and this team might very easily fall below uh, mid-tier. Yes, Epreta is coming in, but come on, man. Someone's just changing. Don't, like, look, look at how stacked everyone else is. It's st- still Shanghai, dude. They don't lose any key players there. Yeah, Epreta is good, but Jinmu was too. Don't take the hope. Resist. <laughs> Resist. <laughs> Stay strong. I hate that. I hate that you leverage superstition because I feel like that's just so clippable and shareable. It's just like, hey, you know, I think he's right. This is a, this is an off year. <laughs> if I can, if I can, <laughs> if I can rebuttal this, right? This is a team. Last year, you talk about Shanghai. Do we need to go back to week one where Chengdu absolutely throttled oh, the eventual come winners? On, man, no. Do we need to go back to how many times they proved specifically you wrong? You know, Mr. Oh, it is telling me that Chengdu is going to... How many titles have... How many titles? Tell me how many titles they have. Show it with your hand. (laughs) Show me the number. Zero. Oh, there you go. That changes this season. Oh. Rally behind me, Chengdu stands. And and APAC aficionados, Chinese fans, whoever you want to claim yourself, whatever territory you claim. The Chengdu Hunters are changing that this year. They may not even win a stage title. They may not even win the midseason invitational. But they are coming for the throne. They're coming for Moon. They're coming for Rush. There's going to be a new coach on the scene. If they appoint a head coach at some point. <laughs> Maybe the Chinese fans can actually shed some light on that. Because I'm actually kind of curious. This if, is pure hope, coach. It might just be Creed. They might just promote Creed. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, that's, that's who I'm guessing is promoted. Um, that's kind of who I'm hoping. I do think um, I do think Jay Field is good though. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just assume he is because he came from Shanghai and they did well. But who knows? I mean, he comes from Shanghai. Like, look at look. This kid's got like Jay Field. I mean, it's not even fair to call him a kid. Like, that feels disrespectful. Like, 
JC Busan, Cloud9 Kong Do, London in season one. Yes, London in season two, without without a doubt. Like you, you can't you can't have the, the positive without the negatives. And then he goes to Shanghai. Like he has a track record of being successful no matter where he goes. Or on the flip side of that, at least successful teams like him enough to want to bring him back along, right? I look at this Chengdu team, yes, they're missing Ray. They have so much to offer. They have so much going for them in their style, in a brand new environment. I really do think that Chengdu have a, have a great shot at winning. This is no cast. Yeah, they it. could be. I think they have great players. Uh, we'll see if Gaga can handle it. Yes. Covering everything. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we did see them falter. I, I just, I get that bit, sour taste in my mouth from playoffs last year. It just, it just kind of just... Fucked my whole expectation and yeah, and you know, was that meta, dude? Sort of... Still couldn't do it, huh? It was that meta? Still couldn't do it. Yeah, With but Ray? they they choked, they choked, and they had Ray as well. And they choked. I don't know, like maybe it was Yveltal, maybe maybe it was some other issues, maybe it was a combination mm-hmm. of things. But uh, they played super well during the year, great meta for them, and they still choked. And I just can't shake that. Like it just still bothers me. Wait. Okay, to loop back to the whole, like, title discussion, have we not, like, barked the narrative that Glads nearly did not win? Yeah. What? Like, Chengdu probably could have won that match versus Chengdu, Glads. like, yes, 100%. they they have not won. You, you, can't, you can't take, you, this is not, like, a twisting of the words. But, like, we also, in that same way, can't say that they almost didn't win if not for an absolutely astronomical outplay from Shu. Right. You look at that match flow, you look at that game kind of script. When we've talked about this, Glads are likely they're probably in the low percentile of actually turning that fight around and, and winning. And, and then what happens? And then they if if game script goes as normal, Chengdu wins that game and wins a title. So it's not like they're Wait, out of the realm of possibility. To... Are you oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. season I? Okay. Come, come sorry. Yes. I, I was in playoffs for some reason, which yes, makes yes, no yes. sense. Yes. Okay. So when you when you look at that that conversation, it's not that they couldn't, they didn't. Of course, one hundred percent. Shu comes out, he makes the play, they lose. It's a wrap. Gladiators win. They get a they get a W. But it's is it is it that out, far out of the realm of possibility to say that Chengdu maybe doesn't even squeak in there? Maybe squeaks in a couple titles this year. Is that change your mind at all? If they can, there's no stage four anymore where the two best teams no. care less. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, you're not you're not wrong. So we have uh we have time for a quick speed round. Quick speed of, round. I actually don't have time for it, but we're gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Because uh how how close are we to four hours? We can make four hours. We we're gonna well. do a we're gonna do I told you it was gonna be a double episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you didn't believe me. Uh get off the fence. GTFO. Yes. Give us a quick right. right just so we yes, satisfied yes. the sidebar. so uh anybody who wants to be a part of the show uh and submit their question for get off the fence go on over to patreon.com slash tactical crouch any level of patronage will get you grant uh grant you access to our magical discord and where you can ask questions and just be sure to tag me or just you know leave a denotation that this is a question for the show and i will add it to the list um some quick ones uh oh jeez uh, get off the fence from RD um, from Discord. This was actually pretty big, but we're gonna speed run it. 
what is your ideal competitive scene for Overwatch? LOL style regional leagues, tournament circuits, or some other structure? Oh yes, I'm God. guessing maybe some like open circuit probably could be thrown in there as well. My man is like, oh, let's do a short one, and then brings the box of Pandora and cracks that open with a. Yeah, this is definitely like, a long one. But, you know, we okay. we are, we we're only at three twenty six apparently. So you know, there's yeah. thirty four okay. minutes left of content left to go. Okay. I'm sure we can do this in thirty four minutes. For the lack of okay, to not drag this out too much, I'm gonna just say Apex. I personally will always Apex Legends or Apex Overwatch. Apex, uh, audience Apex. I will always like the C- the format more that isn't a league per se, or you got to lean into league all the way and make it all about consistency. But this like hybridization of that is not something mm. I'm into. I think like the Apex system ha- had consistently high quality of games while having not too many games which allowed teams like Metathena, to find like very innovative strategies. The amount of innovative strategies was exponentially higher, not just because the game was new, but also because the tournament allow- uh, format allowed for it. The theore- like Theoretically, we could have way more uh, d- diverse strats per map. Just like imagine having the same knowledge base of what Overwatch is like and then applying that while only having to play like 12 matches a year or something. It would be a problem in terms of uh, sponsorships, uh, certainly, I think, because of, like, what do you do with the franchise teams that are whatever. I don't want to deal with the franchise league anyway. Like, if I don't have to adhere that to that anyway, I'm just picking tournaments anytime. And actually, I'm going to give you one more. I want the Apex format, but in more global regions. I want this to be everywhere, and then, like, maybe once or twice a year, we have somewhere to meet up. And that's my ideal format. Uh, I, if we're going to go down that road, I'd rather do just copy Counter-Strike with Majors and do that kind of stuff instead of right. Major-Minor sort of system. I still think Apex is a little too... I don't even want to say short. It is short, but it's also... It's both short and long at the same time, if that, make, if that doesn't make yeah. sense. I'm, I know I'm right. speaking riddles here. But, like, it's... It's trying to be a long-form tournament tournament that just feels, like, super short if you're a team that just doesn't make it out of groups. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's just a... You play three games, and you bomb out, and cool, that's your whole season. But it's also... So it's long enough that it's, like, kind of a season that it's not a tournament, but mm. it's trying to be a tournament. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather yeah. just do... You know, do, like, an IEM Katowice where you're, like, you're you're qualifying in two things. You have this, a like big three-day tour- you know, tournament thing where just, like, all the best teams are there. Blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I think Counter-Strike do, do well in that regard. But I'm not a fan of, like... I am a fan of Open Circuit, but I'm not a fan of what it does to the, the ecosystem. Right. I think it's great for viewers. As a viewer, I like the Open System. As someone that's more interested in the development of the ecosystem and the industry and the scene and pathways for everybody that mostly includes players, uh, I prefer a franchise model. I think it's a, it's a safer pathway. It's, it's better career development for, for players and, and the industry. But I'm not a huge fan of city-based, so I would prefer more of a League of Legends approach to franchising where you have multiple regions. Um, at this point, Korea is absolutely big enough and skilled enough that they should have their own Overwatch League, yeah. realistically. Now, all right, it's cool that a bunch of NA teams have four Korean teams, but if Korea just had its own Overwatch League, they, you, all those Korean players could just play in Korea, which I think they would prefer to do. 
It's not because mm. I want to put them there. It's because they would prefer to just play in Korea if they had the option to. Right? Seoul, Seoul has always been an attractive franchise for Korean players because you get to play out of Korea. That's the truth. And you get to represent Korea. Um, so, you know, having Korea have its own Overwatch League means everybody gets to be sold. Now, obviously, Arnold and, and you know, and, and Gen G are not going to like that at all because they paid a lot of money for franchising rights over Seoul and Korea as a whole. I don't think anyone else is actually allowed to have a franchise in Korea. So despite being called the Seoul Dynasty, really the South Korea Dynasty, because I'm pretty sure they own all of South Korea, rights to all of South Korea, mm. not just Seoul. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case, though. So the whole city-based thing really makes uh, things a little bit weird. Good experiment, but for an eSport, like, if you want to do a, a live thing where we're really focused on live events and we're really focused on just like pure live attendance and pure, you know, traditional meat sports kind of things, then I can kind of see it. I would see it for maybe a North American thing. I think Call of Duty does city-based franchises better because it's an NA eSport, and I think... They don't mind being in a North American esport. Mm. I don't think that really matters, and you know that's fine. Then you can you can be like the NFL, right? Yeah. You're doing your own thing in America. You're the NFL. No one else in the world really gives a shit. But you go and do your thing, and it's hey, no hate. NFL does super well. Super Bowl is great. Mm -hmm. Huge viewers. NFL in their own in your own country, fantastic. No one else gives a shit though outside of America, realistically speaking, and that's fine. You don't need them to, which is where Call of Duty sits for me. It's it's that NFL esport that exists in North America and nowhere else. And I guess they will pretend it kind of exists in the UK, which maybe it does. But realistically, that's like saying, "Oh, Canada kind of exists." Not really, but you know, <laughs> but they don't. Um, my my point is, if you want to do a global esport, which mm. I think you do want to do for Overwatch because it's a global game, it's a game that is, has high interest from Asia, Europe, North America, Oceania, everywhere. Whereas I think Call of Duty is mainly a game that has interest in the Western countries, yeah. UK. North America. Uh, so this whole city-based thing, really weird for China and Korea markets. You know, it's, it's not normal. It's not standard. Um, and there's enough talent in those regions, I think China included, based on population. If you, I think part of the issue for China is they have so limited pathways that the trickle-down effect is if you are a Chinese player, especially in like early season, like season one and season two, actually, you only have one Chinese team yep. because in season one, it was just Shanghai. In season two, it was pretty much just Chengdu. I mean, what, how many Chinese players were on the other teams you had? Eileen on charge. Yeah. Was there any Chinese players on Spark? Uh, I don't think so. I can't remember. Gusha. Oh, yeah, you had one Chinese player on the Spark. Um, and then Shanghai was, I think, just Dia, who... I, I guess can't Crystal, if you count. Only oh, Wish, if you really yeah, count. Yeah, okay, so very minimal. Very options. few, though. Still yeah. realistically one team representing China. So that's mm -hmm. that's not a good look if you are an up-and-coming Chinese player and you're like, out of 20 teams, I can join one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, realistically speaking. Mm -hmm. Things are changing now where, like, Hangzhou is more 50-50. Mm -hmm. um, Charge is still working on it. They have two Chinese players now. Chengdu will always hold the flag high for... Uh, a Chinese Chinese team, yeah. Shanghai. Ah, uh, no more Molly. Unfortunate, but they're whatever. They they're accepted now because they've they. If you're if you're if you're a winning team and you're dominating, you represent China. Fuck it, you can you can stay. Um, so I I think if it wasn't for the fact that 
it was so limiting for Chinese players progression-wise, you'd see more pros attempt to carve out a pathway in Overwatch. Mm. So if you gave Korea to an Overwatch League, if China to an Overwatch League, you'd have a lot of upward mobility, upward upward uh, movement from players that are interested in playing pro. I feel, I feel, you just look at LPL. I think LPL, so the League of Legends Pro League mm. in China, which is their domestic-run League of Legends franchise, which I had something ridiculous, like 16 teams. Yeah, right. Um, it's a lot. They're all franchise, 16 teams. I think that actually increased. I'm going to count real quick. 6, 12, 17. I think, it, I think it's 17. Mm. I'm just counting. I think it's 17. Point is, 17 franchise. They, they, have th- they have just shy of three teams from the Overwatch League in terms of franchise teams. And that's only China. That's only China. Yeah. No other countries. Only China. There's 17 franchise teams in League of Legends. It's a shitload of interest in esports in China. They could absolutely field more teams and do more there. Um, and the whole city-based thing kind of restricts them by a lot. Yeah. So then you have North America, they get to have their own thing. And, that, but, and this, here's the other problem. If you're a North American player, especially previous to this year, you, you experience very similar issues to the Chinese players. Mm-hmm. What team can you realistically go to when so many of them are Korean? Yeah. Right? And again, I, I can't blame the teams for wanting to go Korean because that's how you win. The best players are coming from Korea. Cool, I get it. But if you are any aspiring tier two United States, North Korea, uh, North uh, American player, what do you do? Yeah. You can join like three teams. You can join like less than half of the teams available. If you mm-hmm. feel like you have no real pathway, despite like 13 something, how many, how many franchises are actually... North American franchises, NA. quite from, a few, you know, and out of them, like you actually can't join like half of them. Mm-hmm. So if you had, a, you know, you, you you had more teams, you'd open things up, had more teams, they had their own regions, there'd be way more. And this is this is this is how you improve tier two as well. There's a huge trickle down effect because everyone's like, oh man, you guys also saw that thread that um, Karen Thor started. He's the VP of esports for Justice. He's like. What kind of things would you like to see the uh, Overwatch yeah, League improve on? And a bunch of people said, yeah, Tier 2, Tier 2, Tier 2. But, you know, they're saying that in a vacuum. Like, what would you actually do for Tier 2? And here's a yeah. tangible thing that would have a huge positive impact on Tier 2. It would it would ignite interest in Tier 2 because if you are a, a, a player going to the path of pro, you actually feel like you have a, a fighting chance to make mm-hmm. it onto a team. Whereas yeah, right so now, unless you're, a, unless you're in the contender's career, you don't have a great fighting chance. Not as good as the Koreans, not even close. Yep. So... Yeah, I, I, I prefer League of Legends model. LCS, LPL, LCK, LEC, do it. Oh, yeah. Before we wrap up, because I know that one was a long one, I promise this one's actually a little bit shorter. So Picasso comes in with a quick fire, get off the fence. Uh, who would excel more on this new Doom tank? Fissure or Bumper? Oh, easy. Oh. Yes, I'll just say Bumper. Bumper easily. Yeah? Yeah, Why is no, that? for sure. I'm- because Bumper is like actually a really good player generally. Okay. Like he was always like super quick to pick up stuff. That's a quality that many people didn't actually get to see. But he also like, of course, famously switched roles, roles a bunch of times. But he was always like a player that would get a grasp on a new hero so quickly in scrims and just like dominate from the role. And it, it, this would be the guy that you look to you know, to get a, a clue how this hero is played. Like, st- still, straight up, if they actually got Bumper to play Sigma, he would have been the best Sigma 
in season two playoffs. I don't think it's shy. So, um, yeah, no, it's bump. That's a take. I'll give it to you, but that is a take. All right, here you go. And the award goes to. (laughs) Oh, it's also a bumper for me. Okay, interesting. Um, uh, not just for the reasons you said it, but he 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 yeah he can actually play DPS. He he roll swap from Lucio as well. This guy's roll swapped enough and done enough things. Uh, he he actually wouldn't be roll swapping into Doom because Doom would be a tank. But like tank is Doom is roll swapping into tank. So you are still playing something that ta- tank plays normally have not had to play, right? Um, so this is someone that has the capability of changing up what he plays and role swapping and, and doing things in other roles that is actually quite impressive and he's got a he's got a good i don't know i don't know if i want to it's a compliment to say he's like really good at sending it you know he's a bit of an inting player but i feel like his team backs him up well yeah um i mean that's that's a good quality of a doom player and i feel like he would be able to and i think on ryan his style on the ryan dictates that you would need to have this real strong understanding of your limits and i feel like he's limit tested himself on that role enough that he kind of understands it and it wouldn't be too far-fetched to imagine him doing that the same on Doom. So, yeah, I'm going to say Bumpers. I think Bumpers' mechanics individually on Overwatch are just stronger than the Fisher, who is a self-proclaimed player that can't aim. Fair play. Hopefully, Fair we, answered, we answered your questions. Head on over to Patreon.com if you would like to submit them. That's Patreon.com slash Tactical Crouch. Avril, uh, I don't know if you want to wrap up with some breaking news, but some hot juice off the presses. Got some juice, bye. Yeah, we still got to go over uh, multiple things in this podcast episode. We actually, we're actually going so hard. We're not going to do an episode next week. I think we just done twice now. <laughs> no, no, we will come back next week. Um, so while we're doing the podcast, mm. breaking news: Boston Uprising sign its soul to their team, who is a tank player, and now they have three tank players as well. What the f- is going on? Yeah, this is kind of what I was concerned. I'm scared. About. I'm scared for Punk now. I'm like, what's yeah. happening with my boy Punk? <sighs> That's like a my visa situation <laughs> type of signaling. Uh, right? no, no, no. No. Maybe for a different player, Punk's definitely there. Yeah, yeah, he's been there, and I'm pretty sure Marvel's there too. Yeah. So it's not a visa thing. No. It's one of them now a DPS player. No. They already have three DPS. <laughs> Is no. one of them now a support They line? already have three supports. No. Is one of them now a coach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as they I hate or- to say no, it. Like, they already have two coaches and an analyst. I think in, in terms of like how this will maybe be like sent PR-wise, like <sighs> that doesn't seem very... That doesn't seem very confident in Punk. Now... I'm saying this, speculating, because we saw him last year and he looked fantastic. He looked quite good. It was probably like a, a bright spot for Boston. So I don't know what's changed. But you don't this this to me, you don't sign somebody like Itzel. You don't have somebody on, you know, your your budget like Marvel. You come in with maybe a plan to play punk and things aren't going according to game script, whatever you may have it, and you have to make some concessions and this doesn't bode well. It does not. Not nothing. Nothing good comes from this for me. 
Not a good look. Yeah. I, I, it screams to me that something's gone wrong. Yeah. It's all a meme. Like, either Marvel or Punk, one of them is, one or both, actually, could be underperforming. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. I mean, you've only been scrimming for, like, a week at the most now, because we know when they got into the alpha, because that, that information got released. Yep. Um, and I, well, by official sources, actually, as well. So, not just Halo saying it, but, you know, officially, they, you know, uh, Aaron Keller said it. So, we know how long they've had access to alpha. Mm-hmm. Is this enough time to be like, oh no, this player is underperforming? It's like, guys, it's been a week yep. on a new game. Here we go. On a role that's been changed. It can't be that, can it? You're ready for this hat cannon? Oh, okay. here we go. You know how Overwatch League contracts now only need to be 30 days, right? Yeah. What if they're signing a player just to get another account for Overwatch 2 Alpha? Is that worth the money? Oh though? my god. Yeah. How much money are you paying for that? That's. I mean, it's not 50, but... 50 divided like by 12, right? At minimum. Hang on, but why would you need that for another account? Who do, who are you giving this account to? Uh, who needs this a account? A coach. Fuck. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> already have accounts. Your VOD recorder. Yeah. Um, it's actually... Okay, should I leak? There's only, I believe, only two coaches per team. Oh. Interesting. Oh, fuck Did it. Then, then they can... Then they can and they can just, they, they literally work in the same venue. The guy can just fucking sit behind the other guy. Yeah, no, it's a hat cannon why take. Does, why, does, why does a third, no, no, a third coach doesn't, you don't pay yeah, no. the division of, tw- I don't know, I'm not going to work that out. Whatever yeah, one twelfth of 50,000 is for, for a single alpha count when your coach can literally just sit behind the other coach because you'll work in the same facility. <clears throat> what or- if you want a second team to scrim against and now with the coach accounts and your player accounts, you got to get to 10? Maybe. I mean, I'm more, ch- that's more charitable. No, 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 no. They already had eight players plus two coaches. That was 10. Hmm. I, I guess you, uh, yeah. No, I, the thing is almost every, uh, everything else is just equally as unlikely. You know, like I have another one, yeah. right? The, the, there's a, this one. I don't want to speak this one to an existence, but there's a non-zero chance. I hate that I have to say this one. Yeah, but they could be going for Korean and Punk and Crimson are just getting pushed out. Yeah, uh, it already seemed kind of l- not likely, but like the possibility was there when you looked at that team and like how it would like kind of play out. Like, okay, cool. Like, let's let's assume that like off tanks are dominating this early meta like okay cool punk plays a little bit over marvel but like is that something that they always are going to want to continue to do like wouldn't it be easier to just sign an off tank and then just move him out and just speak korean it's that or either punk or marvel or both are doing a jonak and they're dropping out for whatever reason it's certainly possible i do not see a good reason for uprising to have three tanks yeah that is a fucking stupid decision to make so, I think it's someone's <laughs> leaving. Someone's leaving. Someone's getting kicked. They go full Korean, which means someone's getting kicked. Yeah. Or I was gonna it say does... they could be injured, but that's like the same as leaving in, in a sense. Yeah. Okay, we'll just say that someone's unavailable. They can't play slash leaving. Sure. Or they're getting and, kicked. And I mean it. One of those. It, it's not like are we completely ruling out visa issues? Yes, I know Punk was there. I am because Punk is a fucking United States citizen. Oh, okay. Well. That bruise let out. I didn't know if it, maybe there was an op, like there was some sort of like fuckery going on where he had to go back 
to renew a visa, but if he just... Rather, he has a green card. I don't know if yeah. he's, a, he's a green card. My okay. point is, he's a legal resident of the United States and can enter yeah. and leave as he pleases. That's... Anytime. That's then, I have to go with kind of what you were mentioning previous, which doesn't give me a ton of confidence in Boston if they're already having, like, calm breakdown, or they're trying to, like, refine their original plan, like, a couple... What, like, a month out? Two months out, maybe. That's not. That doesn't or they've, give me or, a ton of confidence. Or they've sold one of their players to another team, and they've picked up its souls a replacement, Possible. which is the same. Which is the same as cutting a player. Yeah. So essentially, it's possible they've just cut a player. Yeah. We'll see. All that player left. It seems like there's more to this than we're getting. For sure. I, and actually, I theorize. I don't know if they did. If, I, I don't. I, the more I think about it, I think a player didn't leave because if a player leaves, or retires, whatever, they would announce players left. Blah blah yeah. blah. Jonak, whatever. If they cut a player, they're probably trying to sell that player anyway. Which means there's no point saying we cut a player. They might. They would only advertise that internally to sell them them off. Yeah. Uh, there's no point. Why, I don't know why you tell the public that. That wouldn't make any sense. The public don't need to know that. Um, or they've already sold the player, but the sale is still in transaction. Not completely settled yet so there's no point announcing it until it's done and also you'd have to coordinate with the other team to announce the player transfer because they would have to want to do their own player announcement for sure um i mean there yeah. are plenty of teams like houston who only have one tank for sure shark only have one tank new york only have one tank i mean there's a non-zero chance i mean fucking maybe marvel got sold to new york who knows it's possible possible yeah anything's possible maybe maybe punk got sold to vancouver they only have one tank you know it could be any of that Mm-hmm. Thing is, like, how long would it, will it take to get its all into US? Depends how long ago they started their visa process. It, when you look at an announcement like this, it's unlikely that they yes. announce and do the visa stuff on the same day. Yeah, they, yeah, this yeah. would have been in process a long time ago. For, For sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. And with all the like positive things that we've heard from like Mineral and Broy coming in for Boston, like singing the praises of like the management and like things have seemingly progressed a long ways from like season one um i would assume as much at this point like this doesn't seem like an org that just kind of like flies by to see their pants um i trust you know that front office to actually do you know smart things and maybe they were just put in an uncomfortable situation or maybe whatever i was saying is right maybe they did like have to do like a late stage trade or you know maybe they wanted to do a late stage trade i don't know uh but this seems we're only getting like the tip of the iceberg. It seems there's going to be some more to this. I would wait a couple of weeks to see if uh, another announcement comes out. I would yeah, suspect yeah. that you will see one. Yep, yep, yep. Regardless, if but, it's a player transfer, maybe even just like a dropped player. You're saying? Oh, actually, well, if it's a dropped player that doesn't get transferred, you're not going to see the announcement. They will simply be riding the bench with it with a contract active. Yep. But that player is just not going to be seen again. Yep. Um, because if, when you in Overwatch League, if you cut a player and that player is not sold, they are just equivalent to being perma-benched because you still own that contract and to you know claim value on that contract you have to sell that contract and somebody has to buy so yeah they're not going to publicly announce a player has been cut you will just simply not see them play the game am i wrong in saying that the teams have the right to just like terminate your contract like with like some severance, yes, guys. Is, is that it depends I, on your contract? You can negotiate that, um, right? Okay, I gotcha. 
Yeah. There's no reason for you to do that when there's value, there's money, financial value on the contract if you if you can make the sale. Right. So it yeah. actually, it's, you there's no incentive to terminate a contract unless unless a player fucked up publicly and you need to like cut ties. That's different. Right. Yeah. But if you if if you just don't think a player's good enough anymore, or there's another reason you they can't play, or you don't want them to play. Mm. Holding that contract is money. That contract's but, literal money. Yeah. You need to you need to try and sell that contract, not just fucking rip it up. Then again, it, it very much depends on what kind of contract you have made. Because if you don't think there's any value, I think especially an organization like Boston would probably have these thirty days, sixty days, whatever contract structures in there. They're pretty like thirty day termination thing, right? Would you think either Punk or Marvel were on a 30-day? They would have had to have been signed on a 30-day okay, so to start with, there's a, there's a difference between a 30-day contract and the minimum duration that you have to be paid or told that you're going to be fired. That's a that's a, like a 2020, I think, uh, adjustment where um, basically like now organizations like can negotiate the length of the contract or their optionality. So mm-hmm. a lot of players actually in Overwatch League have like the 30-day. There's a bunch that have negotiated the 60-day, um, meaning like if I don't want you on my team any- anymore and the player like hasn't specifically like requested it. I- actually, I'm framing this wrong. I'm not sure what the default is, right? But it's definitely a thing that is can be shoved around and will be part of your negotiation of your contract. Some players, especially like someone like Carpe, will still have the old model contracts where it's like the entire season. And if they've cut, you're still paying. While newer contracts, very many will have that um, clause in that you have, like the, the organization has your contract for the entire season, but they can throw you out under, after a minimum of 30 days pay. Um, and then they can scale Based up. on your contract. Yes, but like on your contract. when they terminate your contract, then you're fair game. So then so you're the, so, free agent. Okay. Let, me, let me make a distinction here. So the difference is, under the new rules, your contract can end in terms of we do not need to continue paying your salary, right. but we still own your contract, correct? Uh, no, that's, that doesn't work. The, the, the only way this works is if a... It's not like people have taken issue with me, so I'm very uh, like framing it as a uh, retirement clause. But it is an effect. Think of it as a retirement clause where someone says, "I don't want to play Overwatch anymore." Then they the organization doesn't have to pay that person anymore. The person yep. is then they free still to go. The contract. But they still own the contract. That is not that situation, though. You can like the the organization has all the optionality in in some of those contracts saying. In thirty or sixty days, we're that like that's the maximum duration we're going to pay you for, which is an annualized rate. And then, after that uh, period, we don't have to pay you anymore. But you're now a free agent. Yeah. Right. So they don't own the no buyout. No. Then no buyout is has to be issued, which is contrary to the the retirement clause. Because, like for instance, if someone says midseason, I don't want to play Overwatch anymore, but then they come back. Mm-hmm. then the organization has to be paid a bu- uh, buyout because they technically yep. still owe the, the rights. Right. Which for people that don't understand why that's the case, it's to stop people from like entering a loophole where they just say, oh, I'm yes. retiring. And then, oh, whoopsie, I'm on another team now. Yes. Uh, which is bullshit for the team that owned the contract. Yep. So, so, okay, so to be clear, if you are cutting a play and terminating a contract, 
they become a free agent and you as a team you no longer own the contract correct and then no buyouts so if but i'm to, understanding correctly yes. to your point avril previously and, like that removes all the optionality from the team like you in if i'm understanding your point you would want to hold on to this contract for the long game try to make a play try to sell them off try well, to get some value out of it right? i don't know about long play but definitely like a short to mid play because what sure. you want is right now tank volatile roll maybe in a week they discovered something they didn't like yeah uh maybe maybe a player maybe someone really is just fucking bad i don't know maybe maybe they just couldn't adjust to one tank but there's enough teams especially in na that do not have a second tank that are probably looking for a second tank mm-hmm. that it's pretty likely you can trade it's pretty likely that there's high trade value unless there's some um, crazy look let me put it this way if Itzel is the next best available tank in the tank pool from Korea, yeah, issues. Yeah. I mean, give me the Marvel Punk. I'm not trying to shit on Itzel, but he's an okay player. He's an alright yeah. player. Yeah. Um, I don't think on paper he's better than Marvel or Punk, unless Laurie and Ascroft are like one of those two guys, maybe under four. I don't know. I can't. I don't want to speculate too hard. But the point is, there's a high likelihood that you could have that you, there's a that they are trading. And there's high likelihood that uh, someone will buy yeah. because there's enough room on teams for that to happen, especially for NYXL, who apparently have six people, but we don't know who the fucking sixth player is. Yeah. For sure. And hypothetically, and I, I legitimately do not know, I promise you, I legitimately do not know, but hypothetically, you could have a situation where Marvel has already been traded to the NYXL. It's not announced. True. And Itzel is now replacing Marvel. On Very Boston. true. That Very could true. that could have already happened. Yes. Hypothetically. Yes. Very true. Because the deadline because the deadline was whenever it was. You know? Yeah. That is very true. Actually, now that you mention it, that's probably the most likely scenario. That either <laughs> Punk or uh, Marvel have been traded. Yes. I don't think Punk went to NYXL, but you know, I, I, yeah, I think, I sorry, not know. not NYXL, but he could be somewhere else, right? Just in general. Yeah. Yeah, Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. I'm I'm only saying NYXL because they need to meet a deadline, which means they were more right willing to shop than anybody else. Agreed. Whereas Vancouver don't need to meet a deadline because they have seven. Right. Yeah. 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 It just seems weird. Like, yeah, I, I've definitely been somebody who bigged up Marvel's like flexibility, but like, have they not? Like, am I speaking out of my ass here? Like, who does NYXL have right now? Flora Yaki, Kellen Young, Bongan, Namjoon. Am I also? LA Valiant don't have six. True. Oh no, they do. They do. They do. They they have Sash apparently. They got oh, right. True. They right. have Sash. Yeah, yeah. That is six. That is six. Yeah. Is it it's weird to have them. like Kellen and Marvel? Is that just weird? <sighs> like double. Like, main let, tank? You let Kooky decide that one. You let Kooky decide. <laughs> I'm not saying he's on NYXL. No, I know you're not. I'm just, just, you're just trying to play with it. Yeah, no. But I I like the theory now that already yeah. one of the Boston Agreed. tanks is gone. I think that's the most likely scenario. Because nor- I feel like normally you would see like, oh, we've dropped this player, then you signed Itzel. But you have the signing of Itzel, and then you kind of leave open this window to Avril's point, like where you're letting this new team kind of come in and do their own rollout and saying, oh, look, X team welcomes Punk to the table, right? Like they have their own rollout that they want to push, and then Boston can be like, oh, yeah, we're parting ways with this person, right? So it's... um. It seems more likely the more that we kind of talk through it that this this trade has happened and we just haven't caught wind of it. Well, that's going to be the end. Have we hit four hours yet? 
Uh, pretty damn well, close. Uh, two minutes, but uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not sure if uh, this bladder is going to hold two more minutes. <laughs> okay, you'll, you, you can. Oh no, I was going to say you can leave now, but you have to control the recording. Uh, okay, we can. We, we'll finish it up. This is the outro music now. I'm playing the outro music for the awards ceremony. Thank you guys for coming online for the longest ever podcast episode of TCP. For some reason, we're still going to come back next week and talk about some stuff. Um, even though this is like four times as long as Player Chat this week, so if you if you're looking for an, if you're looking for a podcast that for some reason talks four times as long as Player Chat, Play Chat is in, uh, <laughs> apparently it's this one. Apparently it's this one. Um, thank you guys. Oh yeah. Oh, final thing. NYXL are rebranding to NYXL, and they're going to commit a seven-figure amount into the New York City gaming community over the next twelve months. Uh, Ambox is now in YXL, and in YXL is still in YXL. So, boom! Thank you, Halo, whatever esports insider. Well done. Um, give me a count. Are we on four yet? I really want to hit four. Give me a countdown. Someone <laughs> help me out here, buddy. Forty how long seconds. Have I Forty seconds. Forty. Okay. What? Uh, help me. Someone. Someone fill thirty of those seconds, and I'll and I'll close that. You know, uh, we appreciate every single one of you, the patron producers. You know, you're out there doing doing great things, being great people. You know, shout out to the community. Every so often I'll check Discord and see everybody chatting. God knows about what. It's usually Lilac talking about Melee. Yeah, somehow he snuck into the show. Curse him. Love him to death. Um, and yeah, the community that we've kind of established around this team, around this little podcast is uh, something different. So, yeah. you know, this grand episode goes to you. My turn again. Um, as we're closing out, thank you so much for... Coming, uh, make sure you come back next week. Uh, we have something special planned for next week. It's going to be really good. Uh, the music's ending, so we got to go. Special guest next week. It'll be awesome. Thank you. Good night. Bye. <laughs>